The PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to. That's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, so sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! Hello, this is Homeboy88 of the Homeboy88 Podcast. If you like hip-hop, video games, pro wrestling, conspiracy theories, and comedy, come check out the Homeboy88 Podcast, constantly in the top Apple Podcast charts. Check out my back catalog featuring some of the funniest wrestling shows ever created. The Homeboy88 Podcast. Search for it and listen today. than I have, and sometimes you just have to just blindly support your other half. My wife doesn't talk to me. But nonetheless, Carmella closes the pot. Well, she's smart, but your wife also isn't trying to pick a fight with Asuka, Cole. Carmella locking herself back in her pot. Get away from me! And Raquel Rodriguez with Nikki Cross. Drives Nikki through the pot, and now Carmella with no choice but to escape. Now she's begging to get in another pod and lock herself in again. The winner heads to WrestleMania to face Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Talk about being stuck between a rock and a hard place if you're Carmella. Got the powerhouse, Raquel, looking for the Dahana bomb and Carmella from behind. Chop block to the back of the knee. Asuka with a backhand. Carmella with a super kick. Insiguri by Asuka. Super kick by Carmella. Cover now by both Asuka and Carmella. Oh, 
Raquel Rodriguez has been eliminated! So much for Canelo for the win! Take on the WrestleMania! Stacking oh. up us! Gonna kick out! We're talking about the Almighty here! Another spear by Lashley! A second spear, and Lashley wants to make Lesnar say, I quit. Lesnar is hurt. Bobby Lashley stalking the beast, looking for the hurt lock to try to put Brock away. Can Bobby Lashley lock his hands behind the massive neck and traps of the beast incarnate? Brock trying to block. Trying to make sure Lashley cannot clasp his hands, and quickly, just like that, picks Lashley up and delivers it at five. And Lesnar covered by Brock for the win. Oh, and getting the shoulder up is Bobby Lashley. Don't do this, Brock. Referee Chad Patton suffers the wrath of the beast. And when Lesnar's in this mood, nobody's safe. This certainly wasn't the result the WWE Universe wanted. Another F5 to Lashley. Now what Edge and Finn going to do? And Ripley now. And the glam is on it as well. Oh, no. Support. Everybody down! And Finn Balor, nice double-A takedown, with the stomp. Edge rolled through. And he's gonna turn Finn over! Trying to get Finn to tap out! And trying to get Finn to tap out! Away up! Rhea came in to make the save for her team, and Edge with the educator locked in! Beth Phoenix gonna go for the educator as well. Husband and wife with the educator locked into Balor and Rhea. Rhea not allowing Finn to tap out. He's Finn gonna tap. Rhea not gonna let it happen. Dominant now, running interference with the official. Hoisting up Montez Ford. And Montez hanging out of the chamber. Allowed him to shift the momentum. And now Ford climbing out of harm's way up near the top of the chamber. Montez Ford surveying the scene with an eagle-eye view. Where is Ford going? Montez Ford is hanging from the roof of the chamber. What the hell is he doing? Get down from there! Super kick, but it didn't even stun Reed. It's Double super kick, Bronson still on his feet. Triple super kick, Reed is not gunned down. But the big Aussie is still standing. Gargano, final beat. And now Rollins 
some trash about Logan Paul the past couple of weeks. Stop the wallet by Paul! Never miss a moment to go viral. Now slamming the chamber shut. Rollins stomped to hell by Paul. pressure that's propping up Sami Zayn could be the same pressure weighing him down. Seventeen thousand two hundred seventy-one, trying to will on the number one contender for the undisputed championship. And that chop by Zayn didn't even stun Roman. Just insulted the champion. Well, and you use the word insulting. I think Roman Reigns is. He's insulted. I've about this all week, and that's all you got is a couple of Sammy chants. Roman's insulted with the fact that he even has to be in the ring with Sammy Zayn here today. Certainly seems to be the case. Roman addressing the WWE fans here in Montreal, saying, that's all you got. Roman went for the spear. Oh! Hit by Sammy. Roman hit hard. Roll up for the title. Shoulders down. Two count. Oh, that was too close for anyone's comfort. Zayn again! Another exploder to the corner! Is this Sammy's moment? Is this Sammy's time? Can Sammy Zayn deliver the moment Montreal is waiting for? Mocking Roman! Not a wise move. Superman punch to Reigns! Do you believe in miracles? Hello, the candidate! Sammy's gonna do it! For the title! Hook of the leg! Reigns kept out! Sammy now capitalizing on the misstep by the he's champion. Be he's gotta be careful, he doesn't get disqualified. And Reigns wisely rolling to the outside. Wow. Sammy! Jimmy Uso take it out! Roman Reigns back in to take advantage! Bam! to retain the championship, no!
I don't have an answer for you. No one does. Spear Jey Uso and Roman Reigns uses the chair to his advantage. Jey didn't pull the trigger, but Roman did, and he's wearing out Sami Zayn. Hawaii kick. Not quite what Sami Zayn wanted out of this night, but that had to feel good. One of, the most, one of the most emotional nights that we have ever witnessed here in WWE. Sami Zayn with the fight of his life. Podcasting in the world. We're gonna put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Jeff Lipman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PWC Elimination Chamber Post Game Show. I'm your host, Jimmy T, and my co host, he's back as per usual. He's an actual comparative myth. He is the evil dose himself. He is Dr. Jeff Lipman. Welcome to the post game show. And what's going on, man? I am incognito. Huh, get it? If you know what a comparative myth is, you know what cognate is. I'm incognito. I'm confused. Aren't we talking about Battle in the Valley or Clash in the Valley or oh, yes. Sally in the Valley or <laughs> Sneaking Sally through the alley? <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> sneaking Sally in the alley? Yeah. Oof. I'm even going to ask you what that, what's going on there, Jeff. Oh. 
yeah, well, oh my God. Who, who did the doctor, doctor, give me the news? I got a bad case. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna have to admit it, you're addicted to love. It's Robert's oh, no. time, he's dead. He was I know what you're talking about, I know I know the song too. Yeah, it's a classic song. It's a great song. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's Illumination basically how Chamber. he's uh, hiding his, uh, he's sneaking his power more so that nobody sees him. Yeah. Ah, I see. Or, or I don't. But anyway, we're talking Illumination Jam uh, Chamber, Jeff. I was gonna say Chamber for some reason, but dude, I think this over delivered as a as a premium live event pay-per-view whatever you want to call it i th i thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish sure there was questionable finishes and whatnot but overall i think the show was fun the fans made the show the wrestlers were you know in the mood everything went perfectly in my book yep i i i really love the shows when they're only about three and a half hours long that's true the crowd was Ah, they were hot, except in some notable places. And Bronson Reed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, listen, I think you're more enthusiastic about the show than I am, but I thought it was a very good show. I thought it was a very good setup for WrestleMania show. I, I, I wouldn't put it up there as one of the great shows of the year. Um, of course, we're only in February. But um, I, I definitely put it as... A very appropriate and well-crafted show to, to 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 take us around the final stretch to WrestleMania. And uh, while there were plenty of people complaining about this, that, and the other thing, most of it seemed to be emotional, which is good. Apathy is the enemy of wrestling. Any emotion, whether you're angry, whether you're thrilled, whether you're gloating, whatever it is, Apathy is the enemy of wrestling. Emotion is is what wins and what keeps the story and what keeps things going. And it achieved that. Well, it sure did achieve that. I mean, look, I'll be honest, all right? I, I'm not going to get too deep into the main event until we get there. But I just want to say this. By the end of that match, I felt like the fans and everyone... It was just one of those things where I felt like really Sami Zayn should have got the championship by the end of the night and and how bad of a friend is kevin owens jeff let's be honest well, he comes out at the end well not fucking in the middle of the match come on but do we remember when did Sami Zayn decide to intervene and help kevin owens not in the beginning but after they handcuffed him and beat the fuck out of him for about 12 minutes but that's only then did though. he just decide not to do the chair so I would say it was actually perfect symmetry. Actually, all of it was symmetry, including that, you know, Jay was was still, you know, we're still not sure where Jay stands. There's there's still questions. There's still cliffhangers. Is Kevin really on Sammy's side or is he just anti-Roman? Um, you know, it, this, this is how a story continues. This is how a soap opera continues. You can't wrap everything up at once. It's not just about building up to a match it's it's building up to the next match and the next match and the next i'm going to call it now jeff wrestlemania backlash four-way dance for the universal championships hey, well who are the four well sammy roman cody and uh say possibly jay uso possibly right. interesting all right that's a that's a bold that's a big it's a bold prediction though <laughs> but it's yeah. a very Big bold. Position. It made me bold is because I'm I'm not sure the backlash wasn't one of the shows that got canceled. That, like they're oh, not doing it anymore. 
I'm not sure, oh, I'm but sure. I know that they they stopped. They said we're not doing two shows, and, I, and I'm pretty sure the backlash is wrong. Well, um, if anyone in the chat can tell us uh, if that's the case or not, that'll be that'll be. Nice. We have a chat. Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, and uh, let's actually go to the chat because we've got Chris Whelan first saying, "Yes, boy, hell of a show." Aside from Lesnar and Lashley, are you guys hyped for WrestleMania? Owens and Sammy versus the Usos night one. Uh, I don't I'm, like I, it though. I don't like it, Jeff. I'm not going to lie. I do like it. I'm hyped for it. I'm just not sure it's night one. I, I think that I think everything with the bloodline exploding is is probably going to be night two material. I hope it's night one because that's a Saturday. <laughs> True. Oh, that's a tough one, man. But I know it's too obvious, and we've been saying this is what's going to happen. But I don't like it, man. I just feel like after that climax, you know, of Elimination Chamber, dude. Uh, I don't know. I just feel that's a little flat to go that route, but whatever, man. That's the story. That's what the story's always been. It's about the reunification of, of, of Sammy and Kevin and, and the not-so-unification of the Usos and, and the Anoais. I mean, that, that that's the story. This is how uh, it happened. I'm Good. good. <laughs> my, my pronunciation is corrected, <laughs> but, but my point is still stands. Oh, beautiful. Anyway, we also got Homeboy saying, yo, and hello, Jimmy T and Mr. Jeff Lippman. Nice shirt, Jeff. This is actually a, a, two, a 2D printing of my actual skull. <laughs> so it is not. It's actually an x-ray. Shirt. Came from the neurologist. <laughs> yeah. I had it printed on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the first match, actually, Jeff, before we get into what we were just talking about a little later and deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the Elimination Chamber, the Women's Elimination Chamber as our very first matchup. It is Asuka versus Carmella versus Liv Morgan versus Natalia, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez for the WWE Raw Women's Championship number one contenders Elimination Chamber match. And um, at first, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't quite sure about the match, but then it actually got pretty full on and... Uh, I actually liked Carmella and Asuka's sort of interaction during this match. I like the whole match. I mean, I liked how Carmella continues the, ew, you're gross, you're weird. I mean, it's a little close to Chelsea Green character, but so what? Carmella was doing it first. Um, and, True. you know, uh, they'd actually make an interesting tag team band. I, I loved it. And I love when they were doing the joint super kicks on Raquel, oh, which, which made sense. Thank um, God. Loved yeah. it. I, I, I love Corey's... Um, commentary during it especially acknowledging that's his wife and oh no oh no honey come on be safe leave her alone and then uh i i thought Liv did her one you know her one jeff hardy shotzi spot where which i thought actually went really well you know i don't know that we need stone cold Liv morgan but uh you oh, know, please her, but listen it's it's a way to protect her she's submitted to oscar twice now with the same move no reason to think she wouldn't have but natty jumping in on that whatever i didn't care it was it was an interesting visual i mean i never i never really conceived that that would happen but why not and it's every person for themselves and your goal is just to eliminate someone else so why not you know uh help well, kill somebody i'll go through the eliminations because uh it starts with uh raquel rodriguez eliminating nikki cross by pinfall with a lateral press right, and then oscar garbage she made me laugh when she came into the ring, though. But that was it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then so we sorry, had Asuka. Yeah, I know. That's true. 
Then we had Asuka and Natalia eliminate Liv Morgan by submission with a sharpshooter and um, also uh, uh, Asuka's uh, arm breaker she was doing at the same time. Yeah, it's not the Asuka lock, but it's, it's the new Asuka lock. The, the new Whatever it is, Asuka. I like it. It's a, the, the, the Kana clutch, the, the and, psycho clown clutch. And also Natalia was actually putting on the sharpshooter properly man and that would have been painful because i know i've been in the sharpshooter and it hurts your lower back dude yeah i know d d showed me the video when she put you into it <laughs> it wasn't d but uh it was actually one of, one of my best friends a big samoan dude funny enough got me in the sharpshooter back in high school it hurt man i'm not gonna lie and he done yeah. it and he applied it properly too it's pretty funny but not right. really uh but anyway as i was saying it's funny because uh, it happened to you it did it actually did but after that we get Carmella eliminating Natalia by pinfall with a ladder with lateral press and then Asuka and Carmella eliminate Raquel Rodriguez by pinfall and a double pin which was great including the Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez things in this match brilliant I love the way they got eliminated man and that's what the fans wanted in that particular building especially I think it was this match was fun and Carmella's boobs look great. What? What? What, what, yeah, well, who, yeah, what, what was that? <laughs> Shaggy. Oh cleavage is amazing. Puppy power. And anyway. everybody who's who said Carmella sucked, Carmella hasn't no, sucked in like great, three dude. years. I agree, man. I fucking agree. You know what, man? I, clap, clap to that because I've been saying the same thing. I, I actually think Carmella is n- so underappreciated right now. And you're right. In the last three years. She has been a different Mella, and Mella's money right now, man. I'm not gonna lie, I agree. She, she, she got my dollar. Well, you didn't just say that, did you? Did oh, you I really did. just say? Oh, I did. Well, you know what? I laid my she, dollar down. <laughs> well, she got my dollar also, as a matter of fact, Jeff. I want my motherfucking money. Services rendered. Fuck a check. Return it to sender. Give me mine and legal tender, Mister Manager. The venue was filled to capacity. Check the door box. Count my percentage and get that to me. I'd buy that for a dollar. You, you Sorry, need to get Jeff. one of those with the women from WWE. I know. Yeah, oh. the one, the ones from <laughs> AEW and Brandy. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, shit, that's so outdated, man. <laughs> like big time. Yeah, that we need to get onto that. We should change that. But still, it's funny because I want my motherfucking money, Jeff. Right, I still think did. whenever he starts talking, when there's the the the. the, the camera pans down to Brandy's butt <laughs> from the back and she's looking out over the boat. I keep thinking he's going to go, rock me, I'm a day, as run He's like, we're all black with billies. We're all... Oh, no. <laughs> say, rock black me, I'm a billies. Oh, man. Anyway, Oscar wins the match by last eliminating Carmella via submission with a scissored arm bar to become your number one contender to the WWE Raw Women's Championship. And she is red hot right now, Jeff. Yeah, I, you know, this this was what everyone predicted. It's what everyone wanted. Asuka versus Bianca is absolutely the best one-on-one singles it's match. Great matchup, absolutely. For WrestleMania. Uh, I, I'm loving Killer Clown, Psycho, Killer Kana, Asuka, whatever it is. It's great. The blue dot on the nose, I can live with that, but the makeup I love, you know, so it's, it's all good. Oh, that's brilliant. No, but it was a great match, and she's earned it. And you know what, man? We've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Asuka is truly one of the most over Japanese wrestlers of all time in the US and worldwide. 
we've had discussed she might be the i mean you know I arguably mean, muda though muda i think arguably muda, but you know I, i'm not sure if muda's reality was the same as legend i mean for one he was in wcw you're right and it was a wcw that wasn't that great at the time if you know what i mean i mean it was good but it wasn't you it know, wasn't the Monday Night Wars right WCW. right absolutely no i agree but still it still was wcw and it was the number two promotion at the time i mean come on yeah i mean the, the only other ones in the conversation as far as i'm concerned are, are fuji and saito absolutely for sure what about the orient express jeff <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> hakushi no no no, no jimmy wang yang not hakushi oh, no, not, i mean my favorite was masahiro chono but no my hero know. chono as a matter of fact that's what the nwo used to call him masa my hero chono that's good and, uh, remember nwo sold out back in the day the actual pay-per-view yeah I mean, yeah i do that's where i first heard it <laughs> cool cool um, indeed yeah. so yeah well was, yep good ending good match <laughs> There's definitely an earthquake right here because it's your boy, Bobby Lashley, Jeff. That's right. No, nobody in Anatolia has been injured in this simulation. Yes, that's true. Absolutely. Only Jeff. Jeff is just over the moon. Sure am. A win well, is a win. A win's a win. Absolutely, man. And yeah, I thought I just, deep down my gut feeling, and I was saying this last week, it just smelled of shenanigans, Jeff. It just these two you know they play that that don't work for me brother card a lot and i could just see it's always a tug of war between these two in, in terms of uh politics shall i say oh yeah i i mean we all smell shenanigans and we all know that unless it's like a special match where you can play with lots of toys rock doesn't like to be there more than seven or eight minutes <laughs> um so these were just not the shenanigans i expected i i I, I had two versions of, of shenanigans in mind, either of which, and, and which were not mutually exclusive. One would be the Hurt Business reemerges and wow. assists. The, the, the other, which also could be, is that especially in the uh, aftermath of Bray Wyatt's announcement on SmackDown, was I thought there might be some Wyatt intervention, probably through Uncle Howdy, because Bray's got those broken fingers, or, or just lights going out, maybe even evil alexa you know with the uh, casting some witchcraft whatever but there was nothing it was it was just a standard mule kick to the nuts disqualification beatdown. i mean you know and then you know lastly i mean lesnar breaks a bunch of stuff and, and wanders away i mean so i enjoyed the match while it happened i liked the bobby got the win but i expected shenanigans no one expected a clean finish this was Not it so it begs a question after Bray said what he said, is this going to get re resolved at WrestleMania, Lesnar versus Lashley? Or is it a three-way with Bray? Or, you know, is... Mm. I think that we're going to get Lesnar and Lashley on a Raw between now and then. What, in a match? Yeah, because they... they why else would Bray say, whichever one of, one of you comes out, it's a run. I mean, they're not going to get a clean match, whatever it is involved bray and the wyatt six or the funhouse or whatever it is he's put himself into the story he's not just gonna 
this is not like little bow wow he's not going to peace out <laughs> so so you know that's going to be a wrestlemania match who he's facing i mean bobby won but brock came out looking like the winner i think he's gonna he's gonna want to he's gonna tormenting both of them first of all that's stupid if they go that route it's only going to destroy bray wyatt i'm telling you dude well, Bray Wyatt's going to win, and Brock will end up taking the mm. loss because Brock doesn't care. No, I don't, I don't agree with that, man. I think he does fucking care, and he's all about his image. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had this fuckery of a finish in the first place. Please. He's, 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 anybody who has his respect, he'll lose to. He's not going to lose to Mansoor. He's, he's not going to lose to yeah, Action Andretti, but he will <laughs> lose to Bray Wyatt, who the, who the Undertaker gave his blessing. He lost to Goldberg. He doesn't care, you know. He, he doesn't care because he knows he he's acting like a complete heel, and the crowd's still cheering him. He knows he doesn't care. He's just he, he cashes the paycheck. He has fun. He can do whatever he wants. The crowd reacts exactly how he wants every single time. Hmm. Well, Chris Willen actually brings up an interesting question. He says, "Man, man, guys, might we get a Lashley slash uh, Lesnar? I said it the other way around. Team up against Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy at WrestleMania? Nah." No way. I mean, you can't, you can't you can't rule it out as a might, but I don't but think so. I, I don't, you know, you do one of the things. All right, we've been fighting, and I respect you, but no, you just kicked me in the nuts. So no, <laughs> so no, no I don't work. see that one happening. But um, and who no, would they but, go up against? Well, Bray will be involved, and in, I'm just I'm just telling you that announcement on SmackDown, a go home show with over 2.3 million people watching is not something that's going to just be dropped. True, but we heard nothing of it on the actual premium live event, Jeff. That's what's weird. Well, that that's what television is for. Don't don't forget that Bobby and Brock are both more or less on Raw though. The Brock goes wherever he wants. Bray Brock is on is pretty frequent. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, this is, you know, we can find out more about this story Monday, tomorrow. Or we can find out more about it Friday, where we already know that there's a firehouse, Firefly Fun. That's true. I'm guessing it'll be Friday, um, but it's 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 not dropped. It's it's happening. In what form? I don't know. Is it the three way? Is it the tag team? Is it? You know, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that tag team. So my, my answer is no. I don't think so. Anyway, at the end of the match, Brock FIs Chad Patton, the referee. He picks up Lashley up again, and then he hits another F5 to the floor, and then an F5 through the announce desk, and then Lesnar pulls Chad Patton out of the ring and F5s him into the wreckage of the announce table, and that was that. Still a fun match, though. I actually still enjoyed it. So, so Brock was going to be fined, uh, you know, $250,000 and suspended for 30 days. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I was saying during the match. I'm like, suspension. So they write him out of fucking TV for now. Or how how much was Ronda's allegedly fined? Was it a million dollars? Yeah, how dumb okay. was that shit? So Brock will be fined a million dollars and suspended for thirty days. Ridiculous. Maybe he'll break the suspension. Maybe this is just all part of like you know why he won't be involved in arguing back. But yeah, I'm sure we'll get that uh, announcement tomorrow. This sounds interesting, actually, Jeff, because Chris Williams says in the chat, Lashley and Lesnar versus the Banger Brothers would be great though. Eventually, the tag belts got to split and teams be made up on the fly. The WWE way, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds interesting, but but I mean, it doesn't sound any more likely to me near term than the other scenario does for the same reason. 
It looks I mean, good on paper, though. Sure. But, but I can but see I, it turning like into the other off. one on paper. Right. No, you're right. Yeah, but this one really looks more intriguing and more realistic, in my opinion, Jeff. No. Okay. I mean, you know, you're, you're diminishing the, 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 the anthropomorphic demonic puppets and, yes, Bray Wyatt and, and monsters and magic and voodoo and things like that. But why is Bray... See, I still don't understand. Why would Bray be going after these two guys? Like, it just... I don't get it. Because he's climbing the mountain. He's got, a, he's got a lot to prove to himself, brother. Oh, he's, got, he's not the man he wants to be, but if he's going to be the man he wants to be and prove it to all you people <laughs> in WWE Universe, he's got to beat the best, and they are the best. The best of the breast, Jeff. Oh, <laughs> Carmelo, what? Oh, man. <laughs> that were hooters. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> did you check out... Um, Seth Rollins' uh, Joker sort of parody with the man who was Batman, it seemed, yeah. in Becky Lynch. The man, yeah. This this was cringe. The man cave, dude. I mean, I mean, Seth did his performance well, but remember last week you asked me what's his character supposed to be? He's a clown. Well, there you go. He's a, he's an insane clown. There he is. They've got they've he, got two insane. They've got three insane clowns. Oscar, who's cool. Bray, who you don't like, I do. And Seth I Rollins, do like I, Bray Wyatt. Who said I don't like Bray Wyatt? You know, every time I mention him in your face, goes, What? No, I just don't agree with what you just said about. I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense him calling him out on SmackDown. It's, it's just weird. But he did. I mean, if I, if I, if that didn't happen, I said, I think that Bray Wyatt's going to get involved. Of course, that wouldn't make any sense. But he said it on SmackDown. <laughs> but then why didn't he? That's what I don't understand. Why didn't he get involved in this match when he should have? Because he has a broke. He's got broken fingers, and he's and they're keeping him out of the ring for a while. Now, why couldn't they put a vignette? Why couldn't they make the it go it black and you know the the lights go out and something on the Tron and Howdy and those giant puppets appear and spooky laughter and whatever? Hmm. Maybe they felt that that there had been enough of it. I don't know. Maybe they like the ending. I. I, I I don't know. I didn't like the end. I would have liked a hundred different things to happen, but let's move on to the next match because, you know, yes, this was unsatisfactory. I still say that this song playing in the back should be absolutely Bray Wyatt's theme right now. I know you're prolonging it just so you can play this dopey song. <laughs> I love the song, dude. It's absolutely brilliant compared to his current theme. I'm just I like saying. I, I like the theme. It's just everything takes too long. Yeah, well, that's true too. Anyway, let's move on, as you said. And next, oh, God. Did I mention that uh, we get a Cody Rhodes comeback video package again? Yeah, I skipped that. I, I, I totally <laughs> went to the bathroom right now. I, I had to say I, it, dude. I, I think I microwaved my uh, macaroni and cheese at Ooh, this, this time. Nice. Um, and we also see Eru Hawani and George St. Pierre in the crowd, and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, I don't know who George St. Pierre is. Really? really? Dude, pro- possibly the best MMA fighter of all time. Yeah, don't care. Wow. Georgia St. Pierre, you don't know? Wow. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're not here to talk MMA. Is it George or Georgia? Georges. Georges. That's not even Saint Pierre. That's his name, dude. Georgia St. Pierre. I don't believe Somebody it. in the chat tell him that that's his actual name. I don't like it. <laughs> He's French Canadian. I like it Souffle, souffle. I don't know. He's no, <laughs> he's no Iceman Chuck Lindell. You know, they dropped the ball by the commentators not like screaming instead of suplex 
Suple. <laughs> well, they didn't drop the ball because they said, saying there's Ariel Hawani, an unbiased and professional journalist. Oh, yeah, that was a dig at, at good old TK himself after he called out Ariel Hawani on Twitter like a fool, calling a him a fraud. What Talk a fucking about a crazy idiot. Clown. And a- did he just find that out now? He's been working for WB for over a year now, Ariel Hawani. I, I know. And, and everyone's saying he's mad because he was on SmackDown. How can we? He, he wasn't mad because he was on SmackDown. He, he tweeted the first thing way before. Uh, I'm sorry, not SmackDown. Uh, uh, Elimination. Same bed. He tweeted that out well before that happened. Uh, and then, uh, but Ariel Hawani then, then called him the snowman. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. He destroyed him, dude. Ariel Hawani destroyed TK right. the, in the, the most funny- simplest and most like apologetic way in, in many ways if that makes sense the, the funniest thing is is the aw apologists are saying yeah to- ariel look, comes out of this looking worse no hell doesn't. no no he doesn't he, he, he is completely unscathed by this and this is just another exhibit of tony khan's non-professional childlike behavior no one outside of the wrestling world is going to know what Ariel Hawani tweeted about this. They're not going to know what it is. And then if they look, they go, that guy's a clown. <laughs> Tony Khan. So he's completely unscathed. <laughs> Tony Khan looks like a petulant child because he is a petulant child. And very, cool. very, and very much possibly a snowman. <laughs> and let's be honest, Jeff. How hot is WWE compared to AEW right now? It is like hot and cold right now, man. It's unbelievable. Let's well, be honest. Dynamite. What did Dynamite do? Eight uh, twenty something last week. That, I mean, that, that's worse than Great, I thought. Big, huge numbers. Yeah, no, not not even the Big Bang Theory lead and gave them over <laughs> a million. <laughs> oh, and that the women in the main event. Oh my! I can't wait for the quarters to come out. What That'll a bunch of be... matches that meant nothing, Jeff. Really, like that was just random. It was like they pulled him out of a fucking hat. Yeah, well, I don't know. Listen, I, I didn't think that that was nearly a terrible Dynamite show. As far as Dynamite is concerned, on my Dynamite scale, I would call that above average. I mean, it was nowhere near <laughs> a 10 on my Dynamite. Anyway, if you want to hear more of my thoughts and Chris's thoughts, the skirmish. Into the skirmish. Uh, but Also, I want to say that, one thing before we move on, though, about AEW. But the thing is that, that all of the AEW fans saying it was a terrible show after they saw the ratings. No, it wasn't. You're you're all jumping ship. You're abandoning ship. These are like rats. <laughs> Big time. Also, do you think um have you heard the rumors about Kenny Omega possibly jumping to WB and they're kind of getting a pretty hot right now. I mean, his contract is coming up. That's a fact. Uh it is um, but unless time was extended due to his injury, and then it's I can see not. that. Unless yeah. he really wants to go though. But the well, I don't know about that because we've already learned that, that that Cody has no control. None of them were ever owners. I mean, weren't we led to believe that the elite were had ownership equity stake in AEW? Apparently, they well, they are technically they are the founders because they come up with this and then they had to get a money mark, and that's TK. Well, well, well technically they're not. Technically, they're just the first employees because that's 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 way different than the founders. And What's their concept though, per se? Doesn't matter. I found it. I know that's true. No, no, for yeah. sure I agree. I'm sure to... they do have power though, man. Come on, let's be honest, man. Yeah, you they can have power, tell Cody by the way they get left. booked. Well, they in terms power, of booking power, I think they do. Yeah. Come on, somewhat. I mean, Jericho seems to have more booking power than anyone He's else. He's smart though. Moxley. He's smart. He really sucks TK's uh, little PP, literally, anyway, the... man. But in anyway, a good way. The, the Bucks are also teasing it. I mean, the the fact that that. 
three out of the four remaining, we'll call them founders, are even teasing this shows you how weak the the fissures are and how weak the foundation is of of that business model and that business structure. But the the the, the quote I I heard from Omega, which has been blown way out of proportion, was that WWE feels that it's a real possibility that they could get Omega. Okay, that's WWE sources thinking they could. Well, guess what? If you're the New York Yankees, you think there's a possibility you can get everyone also. It, it's not like Kenny Omega said, yeah, I'm really thinking about it, or that Don Callis is saying, Kenny's weighing all his options. I mean, this is all one statement which was self-serving that the people are blowing into exactly what they want it to be. Is it interesting? Of course it's interesting. Do I want Kenny Omega in WWE? No. Would would I want it because of the evil dose aspect that it would be it would be such a PR coup against AW and how the foundation really is total bullshit and it's been bullshit from day one? It's not a revolution. It's just another wrestling promotion. A revolution. I, mean, yeah. I, I like it for I would like it for that purpose. Uh, would it be good for Kenny to be paid and not have to work like a mania? I can um, see that. I can yeah. see him having a lot of schedule possibly in WWE. Everyone does. I mean, yeah, and 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 he wouldn't have to work like a crazy person doing dives and having 170-pound people breaking his falls. 300-pound people would be breaking his falls, and there'd be two of them and another 250-pound person behind them. So, I mean... He, he could he could do his move set just less of them less fast and and safer um and he could make enough money to retire i mean you know so oh, for sure. that, that's the case of, looks i wouldn't mind seeing him in wwe i just it's just not something i hope for or dream about uh but again the all of the badness in me all of the evilness in me because it would be such a blow to the aw id Oof. ego and super ego Ooh, i mean that's that, a that's stinger, a, dude that yeah that's a beautiful thing for me because you know uh, I just want the fans to shut up. I just want them to stop <laughs> pretending. It's like it's like some utopian society. Just, just utopian. If like all, if all of a sudden all the much Twitter said, yeah, it's 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 not always that great. And you know what? It is just another wrestling promotion. <laughs> then, all sudden, then, then all of a sudden, I'd, I'd switch sides. I would I would turn face on them. The doctor has spoken, folks. Right yeah. there, bang. I'm a simple man. I want what I want. <laughs> I'm a simple man. Anyway. Right. <laughs> Brad, well, that's why I understand the brother. <laughs> brother. Is my, is my Bray Wyatt impersonation even close to okay? No, you sound like yeah. you're from overseas, dude. <laughs> why, why are you saying like brother? What, what <laughs> like, country, all of my all of my accents are vaguely Macedonian. <laughs> what ta- we're talking about blockhead Macedonian Slava fucking Macedonian. Fuck if I know the difference. Oh, there is a difference. Well, Believe is there a that. different accent? Yeah, because Slav accent compared to a Greek uh, you accent. You know what? I'm going to go with the Balkan version. Mine, mine is mine is definitely a Balkanized it's accent. Balkanized, 100% Balkanized. And when I say Balkanized, I'm not talking about Greek Balkan. I'm talking about you know Broken North Balkan. Yeah, a, a combination of many things that don't necessarily go well together. It's like a break your like sort of Russian, but not in the yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of a different. But right. you get my drift. Like like a soup that definitely doesn't taste that good. <laughs> anyway, um, did I mention the next matchup? I don't think I have because we go with Beth Phoenix and Edge versus Judgment Day and Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. 
I surprisingly enjoyed this match. Yeah, this match was exactly what it was supposed to be. No, absolutely. And I mean, Dom was copping heat, man. He was getting big time heat with the fuck you, Dominic Chance. Which, I mean, come on. Montreal was absolutely banging. Uh, they just kept giving him shit like throughout the whole night. But you know what, man? I, I, and I'm going to keep saying this and I'll say it again. Dom impresses me more and more every time I see him, man. And he eats up the heat. And I like it. All right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show this as proof positive that WWE has mark cards too, because there were so <laughs> many people predicting that Finn and Ripley would win this just because Ripley won the no, Royal no, Rumble. The, the yeah. females did make this match; they carried this match, yeah. though, Jeff. Yeah, but Rhea Ripley's going to WrestleMania in the main event, regardless. They, they yeah. also think that Finn Balor needs another run at the top. No, Finn no. Balor's enhancement. Hell no. Finn Balor was there to eat the pin. Absolutely there to eat the pin. It wasn't going to be Rhea. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? But you know what? Uh, the the women abs- absolutely impressed me. I mean, Beth and uh, Rhea absolutely gelled very well in the yeah. match. I mean, everyone had good chemistry, but the women really were the stars of this match, in my opinion. Beth was a little slow. I mean, it, it, was, it course, wasn't as maybe. well. You know, there were some awkward moments. She hesitated. The- Actually, there was a point. Do you remember that one? Uh, I can't remember. She was... She had Rhea Ripley against the ropes, and then she went and whipped herself against the ropes on the other side. And as she was coming back, yeah, and she stopped. I'm thinking, it's like she was going to do a spear or a clothesline over the top rope. Then she remembered that wasn't the stop, and then then so she stopped short, and then Rhea Ripley just you know forearmed her across the face. (laughs) What the fuck was that? I was like, why did you hesitate? She boxed the spot. She forgot the spot, but okay, you know, even Edge when he was contemplating if he should do a. Suicide dive, yeah, I called it a suicide dive, not a tope suicida. But uh, yeah, where he slowed down as well, where he's like, he was second guessing himself. He's like, "Am I too old to be doing this shit?" And then he said, "Fuck it, I'll do it anyway." And you know what? And he it's did still, it. It's a suicide dive because of hashtag shut up Excalibur. Yeah, Excaliburdo. Seriously, god damn it. Anyway, Beth Phoenix and Edge do win by pinfall with Shatter Machine on Finn Balor. Uh, but like I said, uh, fun match all the way around. It was all, but you know what? I felt production was struggling to keep up with the match, though, Jeff. If you noticed, um, I didn't notice that, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. I just didn't notice it. I'm, you know, you're, you're the tech guy, so you would notice stuff like that well before I would. For, for I would probably reason, see it three times to notice that, and but I'm not going to watch it three times. I watched it once, and I'm done. Well, they just because it was you know, one like point when I had sex with your mom once and I'm done. Hey, 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 hold your horses there, Jeff. I was talking to Dee. <laughs> She's all right. She's sleeping. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, look, production at one point when Dom was coming out or running away when the crowd was like, na, 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 hey, which made me laugh. It was like an obsession for the rest of the night. Literally, mm-hmm. like they just kept doing it every time someone got eliminated in the chambers. But, um, yeah, the just production was everywhere. It couldn't keep up. There was a point where Edge was, I assume, trying to do a spear or a clothesline. And uh, for whatever reason, the camera panned away to Dominic. It was just, yeah, it was kind of well, messy. They, but anyway. This crowd was very much like Shaka Khan. They had the music <laughs> in them. Because uh, they they wanted to sing to Dom, they wanted to sing Sammy, they wanted to sing Seth. They, they they all they want. I'm surprised they didn't break out and do Judas. They were singing Edge's oh, song. Oh no, stop I mean, it! I hey, mean, that was amazing. I was shocked. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I've never heard anyone sing Edge's song 
for the 20 years that he's had that theme song for. Yeah, aside from You Think You Know Me, I, I, I never even occurred to me that somebody might know the words to <laughs> that song. God, God damn it, man. I mean, that was pretty amazing. I think even it even uh, chipped out Edge in many ways. Like, what the hell? You guys are singing uh, it my was song. totally amazing because they kept on the guy and he had like, you know, British teeth. He had like like fangs and shit. <laughs> like his teeth weren't connecting. And his, and so they kept the camera on him because it was so amazing that they, they didn't want to avoid his bad dental work. Dude, there's some heads in that crowd. I'm not going to lie. If you noticed, it was 50 plus, man, most of that f- crowd and mainly males, dude. I got to tell you that there were at least three people who could have been Eddie Kingston's brothers right there. <laughs> <in> the <front. laughs> By the way, did you hey. hear Eddie Kingston? So he he oh. gave this whole speech after. When he beat thing, Jay White. He, 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 he beat Jay White in the Loser Leaves New Japan thing. Ooh. At the Valley in the Galley, whatever yeah, the, event yeah, that was. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the <laughs> Jelly in My Belly show. <laughs> um, I can't and, believe and I said that about a New is, Japan show. <laughs> is that people have been calling him up. It's like people are like, yeah, I'm from the Bronx. He made up an address. That address doesn't exist. He's full of shit. <laughs> he's, he's a, which is exactly. Eddie Kingston is a paper gangster. Paper. Absolute paper gangster. And uh, apparently, Honey with the Money is uh, a new championne, apparently, over there. Right. In the so, Shelly yeah. in the Melly event. To, 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 Tony Khan isn't the only one that, that's <laughs> guilty of, of bringing in outsiders and making them a champion right away. And I guess neither is Eric Bischoff. I mean, you know, or <laughs> Jeff Melly Manelli event. Yeah. I think or Vince McMahon, who, who basically, you know, didn't start it, but the most famous one is Hulk Hogan's first match was beating the Iron Sheik for the, for the title. <laughs> Poor Bob Backlund's uh, still mad about that. I don't um, blame you. <laughs> but, uh, well, I think everything worked out better for everybody else because of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mercedes Monet is the IWPG champion. <laughs> IWPG. What's it called? <laughs> IWGP, but I'll, I'll, I'll laugh. That's yeah. a good one. IWPG. Yeah, nobody cares. It's New Japan Pro Wrestling. The, the IWGP fact, fact doesn't factor into any of it. <laughs> There's no NJPW and IWPG. So what was the event called again? Smelly Manelli or what, what was it? Millie Manelli. Oh, Millie in the Villy. Okay. Anyway, no, no. Look, I don't even know why I'm giving shit to the name, but it was a stupid name. I'm just, yeah, I'm just I, being I, honest. I, I, and I why do it on the same day as Elimination Chamber, man? It's I hear it was a good show. I hear they had technical problems that people were not able to see the entirety of the match. And I hear that while all the tickets were sold, the seats were not all filled. That there were a lot of empty mm. seats there. Interesting. Well, I haven't watched the full event yet. I will eventually. But we did have a famous guy named Phil, I believe, in the crowd. Right. He was sitting in, in the media section, which was apparently filled with Wrestlers. impact stars. <laughs> and, and because I guess no media went to show up. And and Bailey was there too. Bailey was, was supporting her, her her TV wife. Oh, wow. Yeah, her TV wife. Where was... And I, um, and I think Trinity was there too. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was going to say that. Where's Trinity Part 2? I, I assume she might have been there too. But anyway, we're not here they, to talk they, about they book for a Kelly in the Melly. They're booked for a Comic-Con like March 5th in the Emerald City, which I think is Seattle. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know I more know than this, I do. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not It's not the one in Oz. So, all right. So, yeah. Uh, so, next match was the Men's Elimination Chamber, right? Well, yes, but before we go to that, we see Roman Reigns backstage drinking C4s, but curiously, not the Skittles flavor, Jeff. Why is that? I don't know, but that was uh, 
I don't know, Jimmy. <laughs> Which apparently I, I, is the best flavor of C4, apparently. I don't know what C4 is except for an explosive. See, I was going to say that. Anyway, whatever. Um, I didn't mind this. This was kind of like humorous to me, but whatever. It was just nothing. But yes, we, we do have the Men's Elimination Chamber match, and it is for the WWE United States Championship Elimination Chamber match. It is Austin Theory, your champion, versus Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Johnny fucking get off my TV screen Gargano Montez coming to America Ford was he Eddie Murphy what was going on there dude I don't know what he was wearing but he wasn't wearing his usual Street Profits thing which really lent credence to my little hopeful theory but yeah I don't know what he he was sort of like dressed like like uh, a modern version of Michael Jackson or something (laughs) even Eddie Murphy from coming to America dude and and why was he wearing a Burger King crown (laughs) why was Priest wearing a Burger King crown no, he was wearing a. Uh, his was oh, no. equally dopey, was but cool. his, was, his was a crown of thorns. No, it was actually, yeah, it was, but it looked a lot better on Priest. Let's but but Montez, even his solo cup was like, it's like, you know, too many cups, dude. It's like Eddie Hart, or not, not a Teddy. It's like Teddy Hart bedazzled Montez Forrest. Oof. Well, anyway, uh, we'll get back to Montez in the moment, but we also have Seth Rollins in the match, also. <laughs> For the WWE United States Championship Elimination Chamber match, this was fun, dude. But uh, I mean, we didn't get any uh, eliminations for a long time up until yeah. Montez Ford eliminates Bronson Reed via pinfall via frog splash. I cannot tell you how cool. many people were picking Bronson Reed to win, and I'm like, why? No. Like, this is how you build a new star. I'm like, okay, you don't build somebody from nowhere onto the road to WrestleMania. No, that's a, I'm like. He comes out, nobody reacts. Yet, listen, Bronson Reed had a good showing and he got some reactions in the end. And, I mean, it's not just that. that he got like three super kicks and then like he got, you know, they, he got like three different finishers including a, a curb stomp and a frog splash. That's true. Cool. They made him look strong, dude. Yeah, so they all teamed up on him sort of like, you know, Asuka and Carmella were doing on um, Raquel. Raquel, right. And, and, and he was eliminated and, you know, he got a strong outing. You know, he certainly didn't look bad coming out of this. He looked good. No. Uh, when he left, nobody booed. Nobody, you know, he got a smattering of applause. So I, I guess that's progress. I guess. I mean, this look, put it this way, he doesn't look weak at all, even though he was the first to be eliminated. Heck, it felt like it took 30 minutes until there was an elimination. Do you know what Corey really Graves called him, though? A wrecking uh, ball. That's right, he did. I remember. Fucking he called him the cat. Aussie wrecking ball, as a matter of fact. Freaking coffee cunt. Mm, interesting we'll see where that goes though I mean if we do get more teeth excuse me more teasing between himself and Ortiz oh, I guarantee God. it oh boy so the, what would that make Bronson would he, would he be Bronson idiot first they're gonna fight then they're gonna become best friends or should it be Bronsonier <laughs> <laughs> you like that one huh Bronsonier Read. <laughs> Brosun. Brosun. Yeah. Either way, they can go many ways. Absolutely. Listen, whatever it is, Maxine will make it work. <laughs> Let's hope. Well, she can definitely make it work. That's for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, also, I wanted to point out that A Town Down himself uh, in Austin Theory impressively actually picked up fucking. Uh, what's his name? Bronson Reed, yeah. Bronson Reed, yeah, man. Yeah, that was literally a deadlift squat. Deadlift. He used his legs all the way with that lift, dude. 
Yeah, no, that that was legit. There was no help with that one. Um, that was impressive. Yeah, it was also a really good sequence. And this this was uh, where both Seth Rollins and Johnny Gargano were sitting atop of the oh, yeah, uh, yeah, elimination yeah. chamber, and like Seth's like, huh, what's going on? You know, maybe I we mean, should just sit here and catch some rest. And and Johnny Gargano's like, yeah, you're right, we should do that. And like Seth chops him and starts beating yeah, the crap out of him. Absolutely, that, that was good. But, that was I mean, brilliant. Man. I think the spot of the night we all have to agree was Montez, Montez. Ford do, do, doing the Spider Man. That was um, that was pretty amazing, dude. That was, he kinda, amazing. that was great. He, I mean, no one's ever done that. Not even Kofi himself has done that. I mean, he literally, I don't know if he's double jointed, but it felt like he turned all the way, like his arms are kind of bent back, if you know what I mean. And then he let go, man. That's that's nuts. I mean, Montez, let's be honest. Look, we did say that more than likely Austin Theory will win this match. But we also said if anyone's going to win it because of Black History Month, it would be Montez. And for a moment, it seemed like he could have won it. But uh, in the end... I think anyone who's listened to us, me, for a long period of time knows that I will often say, yeah, this one's probably going to win, but... If I say if I make a prediction, I, I try to go for one haymaker that I'm going to try to fantasy book if I see that it's plausible. So I got this one wrong because I did pick Montez, but I did say, yeah, Austin Theory is the heavily favorite win and probably will win it. But I'm going to try to wish cast this. Um, but 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 it was cool. And actually, Montez Ford later on sold the heck out of an injury, which oh played my into god, dude, yes, very, yeah. And, uh, it looked and, legit for a minute because the wrestlers were wrestling in the ring and whatnot, and then they just stopped. Right? They, they, they. Yeah, right. They all did it. Like I, the only thing I wish is that the camera didn't catch Montez sort of going slipping, thumbs up like that. Oh, I didn't see that. Like and there was no yeah. X. But then when he walked out the steps and he sort of slipped and fell. Yeah, that looked butt, legit too, dude. Like his face, even his eyes, they looked like they he was dazed and confused. That, that was or, well done. Well, that was and, Shawn Michaels teaching him how to oversell. Like, yeah. well, what? But he sold perfectly, and and no, he did. this is not me being a hypocrite because he didn't have a real concussion that they're playing with that injury and in storyline, like like they do with uh, Adam Page right now, and they've done with Daniel Bryan and Soraya and and Moxley that they seem to love to do on AEW all the time, which I find to be tasteless. Speak, because it's a speaking of Moxley, did you see the memes going around where if Moxley was to be in a first blood match, he would always lose? Oh yeah, he lose on the way to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> yeah fucking idiot seriously Marx come on man god damn it but uh yeah uh, I mean the, the man's gonna have a forehead like Abdullah the Butcher by the time he's 40 <laughs> and that's from one of his pals to him just saying but I'll just go quickly through the match because Damien Priest eliminates Johnny Gargano with a pinfall via the razor's edge and then Montez Ford and Seth Rollins eliminate Damien Priest by pinfall with a powerbomb blockbuster combination and then Theory eliminates Montez Ford by pinfall via lateral press. And then Austin Theory ends up winning, last eliminating Mr. <laughs> himself. Yeah, but Austin pinfall. Theory eliminated him after Seth Rollins gave him a curb oh, stomp. Right. And I also was going to say, we had a cowboy. I thought it was Adam Page making his uh, entrance. But it was Logan Paul because he did the Hangman Page's finisher. In case you're wondering, if you didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah, when, when they were trying to get Montez Ford out of the ring, there were two medics and there were like three referees other than the prime referee. The cage door was open. And so while we're thinking, is that real? Could it really be an injury? Wow, they, they, they got a lot of people there. Logan Paul snuck in through the open cage and did his uh, springboard lariat onto Seth Rollins. 
took him out, which allowed uh, Austin Theory to to get the win. Um, and you know that that that's good. I mean, you know, I think most people saw that as coming, but not this particular sequence, which was really well choreographed and really well acted by everyone involved. Absolutely agree with you 100%, Jeff, for sure. No doubt about it. It was a fun match. I will say that uh, Seth Rollins, though, even though I love him, he shouldn't wear those pants ever again, especially the white. It emphasized how kind of tubby he's becoming, dude. Have you noticed that? I mean, seriously. I've been noticing it for a long time. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm the captain of the Seth Rollins Ruins Everything Club. So. <laughs> Jeez, I've overdone that laugh tonight. Anyway, just don't wear white again, please, Seth. I mean, fuck. <laughs> well, we move on to the main event. It is the match I think everyone was waiting for, including us and especially the Montreal crowd at the Bell Center. It is Roman Reigns, your undisputed Universal WWE Champion versus Sammy. Insane in the membrane. Oh, did you hear about that? They were doing the, ins- the insane in the membrane chants on SmackDown? I did not. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. In Sammy Zayn for your WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Dude, this match went at now, including intros. I don't know if you realize that. Uh, I realized it was close to that because I was, I was looking at my clock. But um, I mean, they after the intros, which you know take a full ten minutes, they didn't even like have physical contact for like five minutes. I mean, because the crowd was crazy. Maybe more. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I love the fact that Sami Zayn's got his original theme back. I don't know why they took that away from him in the first well, place. He had a, he got a heel theme. Now I we know, have his face but... theme back. It's not. It's not yeah, that. No, no, I get it. But usually, it's a kind of remix of the face song like for example i don't know if you noticed lashley's theme was kind of remixed now that he's becoming a heel mm, i haven't noticed. it seems mostly the same to me but anyway it's got more but, but I, you know i know when they did with nakamura when he was a heel it was right. sort of like they added a like a rap beat to his his True. i hated that though i know you did you hate everything um but i love love oh fuck please love not war right jeff What's the difference? <laughs> there you go. Anyway, man. this match had it all, and I guess WB has some government officials paid off because we do get the Usos on a 24-hour visa, dude. They had to come in and get the fuck out on strict supervision to get into Canada, eh? I guess everybody does have a price, including Canada. All right, well, listen, um, that's okay. They, they, you know, they've been, they've been good. They've earned they it. They're, they're, they're under, they're being supervised. It's only for a short time. Um, you know, no one's gotten in trouble in a long time, and and this. So yeah, this is these are these things are possible, uh, and I'm sure that the, the probation officer or officers signed off on it, and. And, and that's of probably course. was enough for the the Canadian thing. I'm not even sure if it had to do if it had to do with Canada. I'm sure Canada would issue the visa. Probably had more to do with the probation officer on stateside signing off on it. But I don't I don't know the details. No, no, that'll be more Canada, not not the states, man. No way well, because they're entering Canada. You know what I'm saying? I know, but I'm not sure the entry is a problem. I think that uh, listen, I don't know, but 
it, oftentimes when you are wealthy and you're on parole or probation, one term is that you have to surrender your passport and you can't leave the country. Sometimes you can't even leave the state. Uh, and, and so sometimes you have to get their permission. The, the other country, for a visa, probably doesn't care. I mean, there might be some certification from WWEs. We're going to fly them in. We're going to fly them out. That's it. It's all, all done. But beyond that, it, listen, it might have been Canada. I, 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 what, what I'm saying is I don't know. But don't be surprised if it was actually they, they needed the cooperation. If not, it was 75% on state side uh, versus Canada side. But it could be the other. It could be the opposite. Money, Inc., baby. Just saying. <laughs> money makes, listen this this is trade we are exporting <laughs> entertainment this is this is big <laughs> yeah. from montreal absolutely even if you're a criminal who cares <laughs> it's, you lies. I'm i mean joking. i don't want to minimize the thing but I, it's i'm some... being i'm being a karen right now dude i'm being a woke fucking idiot yeah i mean it's it's not like he's a danger to to no. other people if he's I'm not just, you know, yeah i'm taking the piss literally jeff Right. If you know what that means in a strange I mean, but, but for the grace of God, we've all committed DWI. Uh, not me. Liar. Huh. I, I swear to you, dude, I have never been. I don't, I don't, first of all, I'm not even a drinker. so Well, you know, <laughs> it doesn't need to be alcohol to be intoxicated. To be on the <laughs> Well, that's no secret, Jeff. I know, but have you driven? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? I've been lucky. No, no, no. I don't want to. Don't jinx me. But somehow I get around that. I don't know how. You haven't been. I, I do know how, but I'm I won't saying. tell you. I've yeah, never but... been. I've never been pulled over. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I've driven while intoxicated. As a matter of fact, I used to be the designated driver while intoxicated because I was good at it. I'm not going to lie. I'm good at it too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've I couldn't all have. Years. But, but, but 10, 12 years ago, I had the constitution of a freaking rhinoceros. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you. We're getting too personal. I think no, I <laughs> we are live. We are live, Jeff. I would have two. I don't care. I would have two or three scotches. I would have three or four Oof. bottles of wine. I'd have an after dinner drink. What? Three, four yeah. bottles of wine? No, glasses of wine. Oh, I was going to say, my God, you're a machine. Yeah. And I'm not talking and about Brian Cage. Be, then like a then a glass of port. Then like an aspartif. Oh. I mean, yeah, and then go somewhere else and probably have another scotch or something. You know, and. and it, it didn't. I was like Dr. Johnny Fever from WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> and and people would say, We're all drunk, but you know what? Jeff, you're a terrific drunk driver. I used to joke, <laughs> and it's a, a really tasteless joke, and I know it is. And I, and I realized it after I stopped doing it, but I used to say, Yeah, I've been voted seven years in a row by Baltimore Magazine as Baltimore's <laughs> best drunk driver. <laughs> just quietly. Uh, <laughs> that's fucked, by the way. But uh, just quietly, here there's a saying, right? If you drink and drive, you're a bloody idiot. So uh, don't Guilty. do that, folks. That was a campaign idiot. here. <laughs> You're a bloody idiot. You're a bloody idiot. idiot. That's I, what I need a Jericho. Proven, that's been proven time and time again. <laughs> well, my friend, man, I'm just going to say a quick story now that we're on this subject. My friend once was so drunk. I mean, I mean, he was running red lights and I was, I was shooting bricks. I'm like, dude, let me drive because I wasn't drunk, right? Whoops. And um, he's like, he's like, run the red, run the red, like slurring and shit. And my friend was like, my other friend was egging him on and shit. I'm like, man, he's just running reds. We're lucky not to hit cars. Man, I shit myself, but thank God. And he got pulled over by the cops. And you know what bullshit story he made up to get away with it? What? He said, no, no, no. Because his parents at the time owned like a Greek nightclub down here in Melbourne. Um, He basically said that someone spiked his parents' uh, drink with something. 
And yeah, he is drunk, but he has to go and uh, pick him up to to take him to the hospital. The cop believed it, dude, and fucking that's, let us go. That is that's a very specific scenario. All right, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite drunk stories. It does not involve me driving because oh, I was at, it was I was at a conference. So I was away. No, no, there was no driving of a car involved by anyone other than car services or taxis. So huh. I'm at a business conference, night out, go to dinner with everyone, plenty of drinking. We decide, hey. It's like set. It's like seven or ten guys and like one woman, and and we're like, let's go to a strip. <laughs> that was a cock fest, in other words. Pretty much. And it's like, let's go <laughs> to a the strip first penny joke. So yeah. So so the funny thing is, we 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 get into these taxis. We find the, the strip club. The sad thing is, like fifteen years before, I was in Chicago for a bachelor party. It's the second time I've been to strip clubs in Chicago. It's the same fucking strip club. I mean, <laughs> it was the same one. And anyway, so, so we go there. And while we're there drinking and doing whatever you do at a, at a strip club, we see some guy who looks vaguely familiar. We realize he's like one of the vendors of the conference. And like every time we see him, he comes out of one of the, the private rooms with like one less article of clothing on until like, he's like a full suit with his it's like he's just he's got no tie he's missing his suit jacket he's God missing dang. his sweater everything and then all of a sudden there's like a skirmish and it's not like the wednesday night skirmish <laughs> yeah so good so there is this girl she maybe is five foot one she has another friend who's maybe five foot she's got this skinny ass boyfriend and she is arguing with a guy about something it turns out this guy is a pimp and he's got his hood behind him and he's got a you know one of his guns in his waistband here so they they take it outside and everyone gets brushed aside because the, the vendor guy who's half naked at this point his, his pants are undone he's so scared he runs out like superman he pushes people away and he dives into a taxi like oh he's my God. and drives off and then <laughs> like superman in the elevator is him and i'm like looking at him like hmm anyway <laughs> So, <laughs> What's exactly. going on there? <laughs> so this girl is yelling at this guy and he pulls out his gun and oh. she's shoving him and then she spits on him and the guy's oh, muscle no. comes in and, and he's like no and he's like and so at this point all my friends we're on the side and we're outside they run behind a dumpster and some of them oh, run fuck. behind like a, I like don't a blame him, dude. and they're like right. they're like jeff jeff come on come on come on he's well, got just I'm, like, I'm like i said i am not missing a single second <laughs> You should have recorded it, dude. I didn't have a camera to record. Oh, okay. These pre cell phone days? It was about 12, 13 years ago, probably, but not like. Yeah, but not like. We're not girls. We don't record everything. (laughs) (laughs) We are now. So this guy's pulling out his gun, and she starts hitting him, and his gun goes off. It like like fires, and so everyone scatters, and I was like, get back here. I'm like, uh 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 dude <laughs> one of the bullets goes the other way like not past me but in in the general direction you heard it like do that sort of sound yeah but like i mean 15 feet away to my left but it hits the dumpster but they're oh, on the back side so it's oh, fine oh shit and, and at that point i'm like okay time to go uh-huh. whoa but so this- it hit the dumpster that they were actually hiding behind yeah, well, some That's of them were too much like, of a, a close call, like the bro. dumpster was sort of like there was a little out, there was like a little space between it, and there I was like you, a yeah. half brick wall with like sort of like a small like two foot chain link fence over that. Right, it was, right. I don't. It was more like a property divider than security. But so some of them were behind that, and some of them were behind the dumpster. Um, and I'm like fifty. I'm like in the original spot, sort of like right on. I could picture it. <laughs> a little part of a driveway right before the sidewalk, and there's a t- there's a line of taxis there because of course there are. 
Um, <laughs> everyone's scattering, except for the taxis. They don't seem to care. Um, and me, looking like an idiot, and this girl who's wailing on this guy who's got a gun and is now firing it. Finally, her friend um, and, and her boyfriend, who should have been the one to be, who I think started this shit, but did nothing, oh, God. drag her oh, away. One of those and like, and like the world's lamest pimp was like, yeah, you lucky. Like <laughs> <laughs> typical. Point, that's when I said, I said, all right, I got your trick. Here. Come on, guys, it's safe. <laughs> so no one got shot in the end? No one got shot in the end. Thank God. Was this in Baltimore? No, no, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Okay, all right. I remember now. Yeah, you know, you're right. You said it at the start. It's, but I wasn't like sure if we deviated cities. Uh, it's, it's it's like sort of near the <coughs> So I guess that's why it's... I guess that's why they take all the tourists there. Well, Chicago is, you know... I mean, I don't know what's worse, Baltimore or Chicago, but you've both got a lot of hitters, shall I say. I mean... <laughs> Chicago overall is a better city, but I think it's deadly. Overall, yeah. Deadly? I don't know, man. I mean... Yeah, I think Baltimore's right up there. Proportionally, Baltimore used to be, but I think Chicago is over. That's true. That. But listen, we're trying. We, we're trying. <laughs> we're try- As yeah. cleaned up, I mean, from all accounts, from what I can tell, Baltimore doesn't get mentioned like it used to, like, say, in the early 2000s, late 90s even. Oh, it was no. considered the perf- the murder capital of... You, you, you are missing... You have the wrong side of the equation. Baltimore has not cleaned up. It's just the other places oh. that have, have dirty down more. Oh jeez! Well, this is like Philadelphia and then and, and Chicago. Philly's bad and, now, dude. Yeah. Philly's really bad. Like Atlanta. From, I've watched Atlanta's, yeah, pretty bad, but it's a facade, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it you doesn't see, look like, as run down as say Philly does right now. Philly looks real run down, dude. Well, Atlanta's newer. I mean, the the buildup is True. newer. It's like the new Cali of the South. Right. So anyway, Sami Zayn and Roman, right? Or LA, should I say? Yes. Let's get back to the main event. I don't know how we deviated that much. There was a lot of near finishes, by the way. I mean, did you like, did you think there was one too many near finishes? Yeah, there were too many near finishes. Like, to me, this wasn't a wrestling match. This, 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 was, a, this was just was about... storytelling at its best, though, in the ring. Let's be honest. Just to it, make you believe that Sammy was winning, and it was just to set up the drama at the end. But, and that's exactly what I knew we were going to get. It's exactly what we should have gotten. I mean, I didn't know exactly what... You know, I didn't know the Usos were going to be there. That's what they were. I didn't know what Jay's role True, was going to be. I was, me too. Solo didn't show up, but Solo does. Solo already picked a side, so there's no there's no drama for True. him to be there. Well, so, he wasn't even there, but Jimmy right. already picked his side, and he was there. Right, but but Jay and Jimmy are twins. They're the tag team champions. True. There's that's the drama. So Solo's not. So they were very careful not to overbook it, so to speak. Though I would say during the match, it was probably overbooked. But Rome, the match itself wasn't so as important as Roman's talking. He was brilliant was during great. this whole thing. Yeah, right from the beginning, yelling. So it's all you got. And sure. then he's talking to the crowd, to and the, then he's talking to Sammy's, Sammy's wife. wife. Right, yeah. I didn't want to hear this. I wanted to bring you up. I wanted <laughs> you to have good things. I wanted this with his hands cusped. I wanted family. I loved him. He did this. This is not my fault. Can't you see this is his fault? Tell him it's his fault. He did this. He did this. He made me do this. I didn't have a choice. He even talked trash to what I think and it looked like him. But did you see Sami Zayn's dad possibly? I think so. I think that was all That was definitely Sami Zayn's dad. He looked like him. And then there was some old guy there that was like going, yeah, Roman, you're right. It is his fault. And <laughs> yeah. wife, I don't know if she is like a regular woman, like a plain Jane, or if they just told her to be as plain as you can look. But she was about as plain. No, she's Muslim, and I don't think she'd be extravagant. 
Her name's Khadijah or something like that. I don't know what they were in it, but she was just wearing a white t-shirt, no makeup. But it's not like she, it's not like she was wearing a hijab or a headscarf or no, anything. No, no, no. She seemed very, you know, modest, shall I say? You know what I mean? In every she sense. Regular, I mean, she was like a regular. If, if, regular. If you, absolutely if you, regular. If you went into Subway and you saw her <laughs> st- ordering a tuna salad sub in front of you, <laughs> you wouldn't think a second of it. Yeah, she's just average. I mean, what can I say? Like, she's not ugly. She's not hot. No, like, she was just oh, she was a just plain Jane. Plain Jane, exactly. Plain Khadija. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she had a. But you know what? It's such. She looks older than Sammy. I'm not gonna lie. I felt like she, no, she kind of. You don't think so? <laughs> no, not yeah. at all. Interesting. Anyway, it was a cool scene when he actually he took off for a moment. If you remember, he walked away and then he thought, "Oh fuck it." And then he kissed his wife. He, he ran back, kissed his wife. That was a cool moment. The crowd were cheering it on. It was a Canadian, not only sausage fest, but a love fest in that ring. I mean, it was electric. I mean, the whole night. But the fans, though, really fucking made the, sh- the show. And I want to point out the Bell Centre, man. The acoustics are pretty magnificent on television. And I love how steep the bleachers are. Like It's, it's like really like like this, man. Sort yeah. of thing compared to your normal American steep, or even Australian incline. arenas. Sorry, it's a steep incline. It's beautiful. I love it, man. It's yeah. and it's been around for a long time, but there's something special about that joint. I mean, every time there's an event there, it's always just they love it, man. They absolutely and, uh, eat it in. And Sami Zayn's WWE debut was at the Bell Center eight years That's ago. True. They said. That's I true. guess maybe yesterday was uh, Canadian Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Could have been Putin Day for the for you know. Do they eat that in uh, the French side of Canada? I'm sure they do. <laughs> Putin. I'm not talking about yeah. Vladimir Putin. I'm talking about uh, well, Putin. The chips. Yeah, yeah Putin. Yeah, like whatever it's fries. called. Yeah, French fries with gravy and whatnot, and yeah. something else. What was the other thing? There's something else mushroom. on it. I think it was mushroom. You're right. Anyway, I don't know why they call it Putin. Poutine, whatever the fuck it is, but it is what it is. Anyway, no habla francés. Yes, no souffle, you pla. <laughs> anyway, whatever that means. El gato no tiene los zapatos. Yeah, just you got to put the wee wee sort of accent to it because it's essentially the same language. I mean, it's, it's just all different Greek. accents. It's all Greek, exactly. It's all Greco. Anyway, um, we had uh, Superman punches, blue thunder bombs, um. Oh, Haluva kicks. Uh, I mean, more spears, more Superman punches, super kicks. You name it, we had it. And uh, but in no the end, guillotine, no guillotine in French Canada. Come on, uh, what a waste! How, how would you call, what would you say? A guillotine? Guillotine. Would it be like it'd be like guillotine, like the way mm-hmm. they would pronounce it. But anyway, whatever. It is a French word, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, and I think the French did invent it as they well. Did. They did. There you go. Um, but post-match, after all that, Roman Reigns does win by pinfall via Spear, retaining the WWE Undisputed Championship. But just before that, Sami Zayn unfortunately ends up hitting freaking Jey Uso, and then he just disappears like a thief in the night. He just was gone. He wasn't even on the floor. Right. One, one, one accidental Spear, but that that's because we don't know what... we. The drama is we don't know what the, if, if Jey respects that as as a mistake or Roman or that's going to be the tips him back over the edge he couldn't he was straddling the fence and that's going to put him back into team bloodline we we don't know I mean, <laughs> listen, Jimmy, says, Jimmy disappeared also he did three yeah three kicks. he got one move and he disappeared also 
Well, ironically, funny enough to meet you, I just said the same thing, literally, before I saw your comment. And uh, yeah, that's what we're wondering. Where did he go? Jimmy did too. They, they both did. They, they both oh, no, he was sleeping on the, on the floor, man. I saw Jimmy at the end. He was literally yeah. by the commentator's table on the ground. Listen, in fairness, they haven't been allowed out of the country in a while. They probably had jet lag. <laughs> it was very tiring. Jet lag. Oh, come on. It's not far, Montreal. <laughs> it's you actually like very close to New York, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Did I ruin it? Even though they make it seem like they really went overseas. Like, uh-huh. but I mean, no, it is another country. Fuck, what do I know? They That's do right. speak French over there. Um, you know that the polarities are shifting. <laughs> you don't know how that affects somebody. <laughs> You're right. I'm sure, that, especially to the Canadians, it really affects especially them. the twins because they have that psychic uh-huh. rapport, and the polarity gets right in between that. It can be very exhausting. Facebook user says WWE. Yes, WWE. Indeed, okay. right. I remember that. Double, Thank you for that comment, Facebook user. <laughs> Whoever that is, that's weird. Uh, Chris Williams asks, how might they split the tag team main title bouts, you think? The draft maybe plays a role, you'd think, but we don't have any idea how they're going to split these bouts yet, let alone the universal titles. And we don't even know when the draft is happening still. We're assuming it's happening. We just don't know when. Listen, I think that Sammy and KO are going to win the undisputed titles from Jimmy and Jay. I think at that point, Jimmy and Jay will probably get involved so that KO and Sammy lose one set of belts, probably on SmackDown, you know, probably to, you know, a a team like the Vikings or whatever, some transitional team or, uh, you know, something like that, or or maybe Otis with the models. I don't know. Um, But whatever it is. And, And then, you know, then you have your teams on Raw where they're, you know, you know, it might be more wide open. Hmm, wide open indeed. <laughs> well, you've got Judgment Day. You've got you can you got Los Lotharios coming back. You've got the Good Brothers. Oh, um, I forgot about the Good Brothers actually. But Demetrius did point out. I would say after Mania for the draft, that's more than likely. That's how they used to do it. But it's become October in the last few years. Yeah, the draft is until the fall, Demetrius. Yeah. So they could change their minds. They could change their mind anytime. Well. Hey, you could be you you've got the banger brothers you have the, <laughs> the bruising brutes you have the new day you i mean there's a ton one thing you you can say now about wwe that you couldn't say forever there's a ton of teams i mean there's shit row there's shit but there's shit row oh, yes there's, there's there's going to be there's there's cedric and shelton who won a match for, for the moment there's still um alpha academy i mean for now fdr might be coming back so don't count them out that that's that's around uh, a little bit after Mania. Uh, dude, if anything, it's funny because uh, Dex Hardwood's podcast, Ugh. it starts do, off, I know it's shocking. Do people it's, still listen to that? Uh, unfortunately, they do. Um, yes, I know. But it's funny because the start of that intro, the intro song for that show is the Say so Yeah, the revival theme. Right. I mean, we've been so, having could that be a hint? about uh, AOP for a million years and then there's That's Bray and Howdy if I didn't say that already. So Bray and Howdy. Yeah. Howdy and Bray. Howdy Whoever and Bray. the fuck. We'll see what happens there. It could be Husky Harrison Bray for, you know, we'll see what happens. But as far as the drafts goes, it hasn't been after Mania for quite a few years. It's been in the fall, like Jeff, Jeff said, in particular yeah. October, as a matter of fact, the last few years. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Though. Who knows? Maybe, but uh, we don't see any sign of that happening right now. That's the problem, and it's too close to Mania 
for just them just to out of nowhere say, oh, well, we're going to have a draft. But who knows? Maybe they will. Anyway, but, um, I think it, it'll be after Mania, and I think it's going to be because the Usos cost them one of those titles. And then it's very easy because the heat will remain between, you know, the, the Quebecers and, and the Usos. The Quebecers. Uh, Demetrius also says, quick question for you guys. I've been reading Montez got actually really injured. Is it a work for Logan and all two gone in, or did he really hurt himself? Is it a it was, work for Logan it was and all to go in? Well, yeah, uh, that's what we were saying before. We were saying more than likely story uh, storyline, but he sold it very well. I'm not going to lie. And the wrestlers in the ring also sold it pretty good yeah. too. There was listen. If somebody has a suspected concussion, they don't carry them out over two guys' shoulders right away. They they immobilize the head. They they bring in a stretcher. There's an X. There was no X line. This this is storyline. It seems more than likely, yeah. I'd say 95% storyline too, but you never know. I haven't read any reports personally, so where'd you where'd you see that, Jimmy, man? I, I'm actually curious because I haven't really read nothing about that, have you? I mean, I've read fan tweets on it, but I, I, I don't Well, I'm talking that. about dirt sheet reports though. No, but I don't take that as anything either because I expect half the dirt sheets to write speculations that Montez Ford really are really hurt himself oh the yeah. street profits there's another team we forgot to mention how oh, true fair point also by the way um but you know what before we go there jeff i'm going to say this i would give this premium live event pay-per-view whatever you want to call it easily an eight and a half out of ten i i thoroughly enjoyed it that's how much i actually liked it i would too. If, if i was judging on a regular wrestling show i mean probably a b minus which i guess is an 8.25 but this was saturday night at the movies for me and, Absolutely, and, and a good Saturday night at the movies. As a matter of fact, and Peacock is on my Comcast. I get it. it it's it's part of it. So Saturday night at the movies. I even watched the the press conference afterwards, which is sort of weird. You know how an AEW. I love it, people, dude. Some of the people are in character, and some of them are their real selves. They, right, right. It's the same thing here in WWE. Like, like well, Austin Theory was really the only one that kayfabed it. Everyone else pretty much was themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess Austin Theory was playing Jay White. Anyway, um, so yeah, this, this was Saturday night. The movies for me. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a solid B plus, a you know eight point seven five, whatever you want to call that. And I also want to point out, did you catch? Um, you obviously did watch the press conference, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see that stupid idiot freaking Brandon Thurston? Uh, no, 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 no. It was some French Canadian dude. Uh, he asked Theory a, a question to the point where even. Saxton was uh, giving shit to this. He sounded like a freaking uh, pansy dude. He was like, "Hi, oh, Austin Theory." The way he spoke, dude. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was I fucking don't, funny. I don't you know. Gotta but I check know that, that out. They got offended, man. It was like, what? Why are yeah, you asking no. me a stupid question? All I know is there was a woman that asked Austin Theory like ten questions. He's like, "That's ten questions. You want me to answer <laughs> yeah. them all?" I mean, that was that was pretty funny. Now, oh, all I, honestly, the only one I took most much note of, first of all, the guy from Bleach Report seemed to get three questions in a row with different people. Why? I don't know. Um, maybe they were carrying it like another country. No, I can't. I don't, I don't know. But Brandon Thurston thinks it's a real press conference and asks a business question about the sale. And he, That was a good question, though, man. I'm not going to lie, because he had the balls to actually ask that question when no one else seemed to have previously. Because they all know it's not the it's, it's you're not going to get an answer. I just I just I, I listen. I have a thing about Brandon Thurston in that he's really yeah, good at like either. But but he pretends that he knows about business, but he doesn't know anything about business. 
John Pollock is kind of the Canadian version of that in some ways. Yeah, even John though he's Pollock, good though. Yeah, John Pollock looks a lot like Aaron Riff. That's who I thought it was. At first. <laughs> I used to love this show back in the day, man. Do you remember the law? You know, remember Live Audio Wrestling? That was a great show, man. It was on TSN in Canada, ESPN in the States and worldwide, whatever. Great show. It's no more, though. But John Pollock was part of that. Yeah, and it was yeah. Canadian. I don't I don't absorb a lot of outside wrestling television content. I mean, I didn't even it's listen to podcast period until, like, 2014. I didn't listen to wrestling podcasts until 2015. It was a great all show, this, anyway. Man. All this knowledge is just, is just me. I know it's hard to actually listen when you have to keep up with you know your own shows too so it's not it's not easy but anyway jeff it's funny because we've got an influx of viewers now as we're about to go but uh well good news for them because if you stick around and you keep watching your social media we're going to be doing the rampage very soon absolutely i'm saying saying that jeff tell them where they can find you man on twitter twitter at icarus fell md uh, oftentimes on shows here on the PWC, I know that we've got a machismo uh, ready to go. We've got a skirmish almost ready to go, um, and then this show will be there. And on, uh, on Page will go on uh, Channel Attitude and Hameen first. Um, but yeah, uh, Hammerlock Hangover though we missed this week, so I don't know what to tell you about that one. But oh, Garden really? of Doom dropped a new episode yesterday on giants, mounds, and monkeys. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, the monkeys were a big thing with Heather Arnold. Uh, you may know her if you're a follower of Graham Hancock's work. She's uh, she's uh, worked with Graham Hancock, etc. Uh, she's been on the show before. And uh, Garden Views is a sister show, more legal and topical. But uh, yeah, got a got a lot of fun stuff on tap for people with Garden of Doom coming up in the well, always in in the past, present, and future. Brilliant. Did I mention this show is brought to you by Hamin Media Group and ChannelAttitude.com? For five bucks, you get to see our mugs talk everything AEW and WWE. Um, also, what were you going to say? Were you going to say something there, Jeff? Is it possibly also brought to you by Podbean? Yeah, thank you. I was meant to say that too, but I forgot to say it. But yes, it is brought to you by Podbean, where if you want to get a free month at Podbean.com, you can when you use the affiliate code PWC Network and you get your free month. So check it out. You won't be disappointed. Heck, you can be like us and do your own show about professional wrestling. But uh, yeah, whatever you want to do, podbean.com has it for you. Ah, you like that, Jeff? Loved it. That was great. Very professional. Brilliant. Also, speaking of Podbean, like and subscribe right here at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com where you can find all our shows. Hamimediagroup.podbean.com where you can find all the affiliate shows including Jeff's and channelattitude.com in saying that i'm jimmy t he's the evil one jeff Lipman, and you've been listening and watching the wwe elimination chamber post game show right here on the pwc network and channelattitude.com we're out see ya evil, my friends this isn't smart Can you please stop asking me these questions? You've been married a lot longer than I have, and sometimes you just have to just blindly support your other half. My wife doesn't talk to me. But nonetheless, Carmella closes the pod. Well, she's smart, but your wife also isn't trying to pick a fight with Oscar, Cole. Carmella locking herself back in her pod. Get away from me!
Raquel Rodriguez with Nikki Cross.
now Ford climbing out of harm's way up near the top of the chamber. Montez Ford surveying the scene with an eagle-eyed view. Where is Ford going? Montez Ford is hanging from the roof of the chamber. What the hell is he doing? Get down from there! Ford's still going with a super kick, but didn't even stun Reed. Double super kick, Bronson still on his feet. Triple super kick, Reed is not gone down. But the big Aussie is still standing. Gargano, final beat. And now Rollins, stop. Montez Ford from the heavens. Rollins lining it up. What the, Logan Paul. No. Pressure that's propping up Sami Zayn could be the same pressure weighing him down. Seventeen thousand two hundred seventy-one trying to will on the number one contender for the undisputed championship, and that shot by Zayn didn't even stun Roman. Just insulted the champion. Well, and you use the word insulted. I think Roman Reigns is. I've thought about this all week, and that's all you got.
a couple of Sammy chants. And Roman's insulted with the fact that he even has to be in the ring with Sammy Zane here today. It certainly seems to be the case. Roman addressing the WWE fans here in Montreal saying, that's all you got? Roman went for the spear. Oh, oh. Sammy! Roman hit hard. Roll up for the title. Shoulders down. Two count. Oh, oh, oh. That was too close for anyone's comfort. Zane again! Another exploder to the corner. Is this Sammy's moment? Is this Sammy's time? Can Sammy Zane deliver the moment Montreal is waiting for? Mocking Roman. Not a wise move. Superman punch to Reigns. Do you believe in miracles? Hurrah, Kenneth! Sammy's gonna do it! Capitalizing on the misstep by the he's champion. He's got to be careful. He doesn't get disqualified. And Reigns wisely rolling to the outside. Sammy! Jimmy Uso take it out. Roman Reigns back in to take advantage. Bam! To retain the championship. No! For the love of God, how the hell did Sammy kick out? I don't have an answer for you. No one does. Sammy Zane back at his feet. Oh my God. Sammy Spear, Jey Uso. And Roman Reigns uses the chair to his advantage. Jay didn't pull the trigger, but Roman did, and he's wearing out Sammy Zayn. Hello, kick! Not quite what Sammy Zayn wanted out of this night, but that had to feel good. One of, the most, one of the most emotional nights that we have ever witnessed here in WWE. Sami Zayn with the fight of his life.
then. Elimination Chamber is in the books, which means now we cover the aftermath with the official Elimination Chamber press conference. Hello, everyone. My name is Byron Saxton, welcoming all of you joining us on Peacock and our various social media platforms here tonight, where we'll be joined by the United States champion, Austin Theory, as well as the Hall of Fame couple, Beth Phoenix and Edge. We'll hear from the Chief Content Officer of WWE, Paul Triple H Levesque, and despite his loss here tonight, we'll also be joined by Sami Zayn. Now, for our media members here in attendance tonight, if you have a question, we ask that you raise your hand, state your name, and the media outlet that you are affiliated with. Now, with that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome a man who outlasted five other superstars in the men's Elimination Chamber match, to retain his United States title, Austin Theory. A Town. And we'll start off right here in the front for our first question for Austin. Here in Canada, as well as WWE social media ambassador for the weekend. Austin Theory, you put on an, an incredible display tonight inside the Elimination Chamber to retain your championship, perhaps with a little help. What's your mentality going into WrestleMania? And how or what does Hollywood need to know? What do you have, like 10 questions in one? Do you think you're that special? What are my plans for WrestleMania? Well, I'm going to WrestleMania because I beat five of the best in the WWE. And you wanna know why? Because I'm the now. And this right here just shows that I'm the forever champ. Now, do you have any more of those questions out of your 10 that you had in the one? That is all. Okay, sounds good. Oh, this guy, let's pick him. Next question right here, front row. Oh, thanks. Oh, hey, Austin. Um, I talked to you before, and you got kicked in the face by Johnny Gargano, but we're talking about something else. Uh, WrestleMania is on the horizon. Who do you want to defend your U.S. championship against? Is it John Cena? I'm, I'm sure you wish it would be you, right? I always wish you'd fight me, but I don't, right, I don't have a contract then, here. Because then maybe you'd be a relevant person, right? <laughs> that hurts. But John good. Cena, why does everybody talk about John Cena? Why? Why don't they talk about me? Because now they're going to talk about me. Because tonight, I showcase my immortality inside that chamber. And you can sit there and say that Johnny kicked me in the face, but where's he at? He's probably crying on Candace's shoulder. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to go home and be a stay-at-home dad. So ask a better question next time. I apologize. Shut up. I'm so sorry. Hopefully the next question is a better question. Yes, sir. Uh, Jan Murphy, Post Media News. Uh, talk about the hostile crowd tonight. Uh, hostile for you, maybe not for others. A uh, little bit about that and what it's like uh, in Montreal here. Well, uh, I can definitely tell that Canada loves me. They do. And the result they got tonight, sure, they might not have liked it, but they got to deal with it because it's reality. And eventually, everybody's going to fall in line because you're going to realize that I'm the guy. 
I've always been the guy. I've got it all. I'm 25. I'm in there knocking down Seth freaking Rollins, a former WWE champion. I've beaten Bobby Lashley. And who's next? That's the real question. Who's next? And a last question goes to... Come on, I ain't got all day. PrayMatthewsPoliceReport.com. Austin, can you compare the moment of last year being the last win in there, being eliminated by Brock, F5 off the chamber, losing that match, and then a year later winning the thing as United States champion, the first chamber for the United States championship? Last year, that elimination chamber, that built all my confidence for the elimination chamber this year. What was I not prepared for this year? I watched all these guys flipping off, smacking each other, jumping around everywhere. And what did I do? I laid low and I picked them all apart. And I took my shot and look where I'm at because that's a champion move. That's the champ's move. But is that, is that all the questions? Because I don't have all this time for them. I believe you are free to go. Well, then what about, what about a question that I have? Who's going to step up? I got a question. If I have a United States Championship open challenge this Monday on Raw, who's going to step up? Because when I look around the locker room, there ain't nobody on my level. Don't nobody look like me. Don't nobody think like me. And nobody's going to do the things that I'm going to do. But if, if there is someone that maybe thinks they can at least maybe get to my level, sure, maybe they can face me for the United States Championship on Monday. But I'm going to be honest. I'll have an open challenge on Monday, but there's nobody that's going to accept it because nobody's in the now. Nobody is forever like Austin Theory. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who it is because they are going to go A-Town down. I'm done. Well, next up, our next guests, if you will, were highly successful and hellacious mixed tag team battle here tonight. Came out victorious. Please welcome the Hall of Fame couple of the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix, and the Rated R superstar, Edge. You think you know me. I mean, you didn't have to clap. I just, it was really silent. <laughs> All right, ready for our first question? Ready, fire, go. go. All right, what's going on, Edge? Great How you time. doing, man? Great match tonight. You're doing great. Uh, Thanks. For your uh, match that you guys had tonight, I know you've talked before, Edge, about wanting to retire in Canada at some point. Yeah. That was only a couple of months ago. But after a showing like this that we saw from you guys tonight, alongside your wife, Beth, does that make you reconsider to maybe push it back a little bit? Can you give us any update on that? Uh, you, you know, I, I try not to make any firm decisions. Um, but here's what I can say about tonight. So for nine years, I was retired. I come back and I get to team with my wife, who I married while I was retired and had two beautiful little girls with. The fact that we get to do this at all, I never thought this would happen. So we're out there, and if it looks like we're having fun, it's because we are, we're having a blast. I get to stand shoulder to shoulder with this woman. We get to hit a shatter machine, which we've never even attempted before, and pulled off, and she hasn't wrestled a match in a year and one month, and hops in there tonight in that kind of pressure cooker against two talent like that, and man, I'm just ecstatic. I'm not even really thinking about like, 
what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow, let alone, you know, what I'm going to do five, six, seven, eight months from now. But I will say I would like it to be in Canada. In the back, uh, John Pollock here from uh, Post hey, Wrestling. Hey, how's it going, guys? How you doing? Uh, Beth, can you just describe for us as well the contrast of working your way up for a big match like tonight, as compared to being on the road and you're doing four matches a week? And tell us just about the preparation and having more time in between these big matches. Yeah, I think we talk about that a lot because. Um, it's coming back and wanting to perform at a consistent level. Like in the women's divisions changed so much. And um, even from a standpoint where there just wasn't a lot of representation of big, strong, powerful women like there is now, our division has so much diversity now. Um, so I think that my preparation was reflecting like what our current division is. I knew I couldn't, I knew I had to put in the extra hours, the consistency in the gym to be able to stand toe to toe and, um, and yeah, and bring it because um, it's difficult at home. I'm a mom, you know, I've spent a lot of my time raising our children, taking them to school, being soccer mom. And and it's kind of com compartmentalizing the um, killer instinct that you need to get in the ring and do what we do. So it, it's, it's challenging, it's difficult, but fortunately I happen to live with another pro wrestler. So uh, we, we um, take some time to go to the ring and train on and off days and, and put in special effort for that because again, the women's division now is incredible and I definitely wanted to be able to hang. And just a follow-up for Edge, whenever that decision is made, can you foresee yourself having a role, whether it be in a creative capacity, working with some of the younger talent? Are you open to other areas of the industry if, if that deal presents itself to you? Yeah, I think I'd like to kind of be a jack of all trades, to be honest, I'd still like to continue to act and I'd still like to be able to, to lend my brain to this place. Um, you know, I've been doing this for 31 years. I've been here for 25. Uh, I, I've been able to get in with three generations of talent. I've, I've stood in the ring with Terry Funk. I've stood in the ring with The Undertaker. I've stood in the ring with Seth Rollins. There's not many people that can say that. And I learned a lot by doing that. And I had a lot of help along the way from the Rick Martells and the Bad News Browns of the world. And they pass that knowledge on to me, so it feels like it's only fitting that I should, you know, continue to pass that on. Um, and I really love doing that too. Uh, I, you know, as strange as it sounds, I'm really proud of the Judgment Day, and and where they've come in this last year since that formation happened. Um, so yeah, I, I could see that. But again, I, I know I'm I'm just kind of taking it a step at a time. Yeah. Matt Camp, WWE's oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Take it easy on it. By the way, Emily, sweet pants. <laughs> that has to be mentioned. I mean, uh, Beth, you got to call so much of Rhea's career in NXT, and then you get in the ring with her. What expectations did you have for stepping in there, and then what's it feel like now that you got in there with her? Yeah, I, so I've, I met Rhea Ripley at the Mae Young Classic when she was just a little babe. And um, she had just a special magic about her. I don't think it was any surprise that she was going to have this meteoric rise and she just picked up everything so quickly. Um, so my expectations were huge and they were met. I mean, she's such a pro and um, I, I see nothing but huge things coming for her in her future. Um, but it was also awesome just to mix it up because... You know, I feel like I got a lot of feedback, you know, what if, what if this dream match could ever happen? What if this opportunity for you guys to get in there could ever happen? And um, I just feel like, you know, we, we definitely were hard hitting girls and, and I was really excited to get to, to mix it up tonight. Yeah. Cause I got a shiner 
I think, on the way happening yeah, from her that, tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's <laughs> that, too. But, uh, yeah. Different breed. Built different. <laughs> built different. All right. That uh, concludes our questioning, That guys. concludes? Okay. But, uh, but before we go, like, I, I saw the kid out here with the shades because I guess it's really bright. And, uh, man, an open challenge. We're in Ottawa Monday. I mean, I haven't wrestled there in probably 17, 18 years. I haven't had gold in a while. I mean, I retired as world heavyweight champion. He was a Cena fan, so he's clearly stupid. <laughs> which means, mind you, that being said, I respect Cena because he has work ethic, which is something that I don't know that Austin Theory has, and maybe we prove that Monday when I accept his US Open Challenge, Championship Challenge, whatever he wants to call it. Whatever the hell he wants to call it, I think I probably need to kick his teeth down his throat. So that's going to happen in Ottawa if he accepts. A little bit of breaking news here tonight. Yeah. Breaking news. Somebody <laughs> report it. All right. Well, we're reporting it. The whole world knows now. Thank Thanks you so everybody. much, Ed. Beth. Congratulations. Well, next up, we welcome a man who I'm sure will have a lot to address. He is the Chief Content Officer of WWE, Paul Triple H Levesque. Hey How are you? Oh, how you doing? Everybody good? All right. Um, first of all, thank you all for being here. It's um, always um, exciting for me to see the media, a, a ton of you show up for these and um, just your level of commitment to what we do, your excitement for it and, and your interest in it. So thank you very much. Um, I want to thank the WWE and universe in general just for for all of this. This has been a hell of a ride and getting to this moment. And I'm, you know, it's weird in some way because tonight almost felt like a WrestleMania um, with WrestleMania six weeks away, you know, and that's an, um, a, a really exciting, but a really odd feeling um, creatively to have something this big, this epic, this monumental happen right before you dump, do something even bigger, even more epic, even more, you know, special. So, um, you know, I wanna thank the WWE Universe because they really are the ones that get us to this place, each and every one of them. Um, I'll thank our talent that, you know, a lot of breakout performances for me tonight. And, you know, sometimes you do big events and um, you're impressed with what talent do. I, I, I very rarely am not. Uh, tonight was one of those nights where I feel like, man, everybody just came with their A game on. Uh, performances were A++ across the board. Everybody came to deliver as if they had a statement to make. And, and that's always makes these kind of events even more special from top to bottom. Um, but I especially want to th thank the Bell Center here and, and especially the city and the people of Montreal. Um, when, when a crowd is the star of your event, you're onto something special. When, when the crowd, the city, the reaction, the people, when we can't take enough crowd shots, um, when, when that is what we're looking at and, and the place from start to finish, 
before the first match ever hit the ring till the last person left that arena. It was electric. There were moments even behind at gorilla position where the crowd was almost deafening. Um, that is something special. And um, I really can't thank everybody here enough. So this was the largest um, WWE gate in Montreal history. So really something big here. We had a sellout crowd of 17,271 in attendance. Um, and that is coming off of last night with well over 15,000 here. So just a spectacular two nights. Um, when we left last night, we were saying, holy cow, I don't know how this crowd can be any hotter than it was tonight, but it really was by far. Tonight was um, something amazing and special. We set new records for the largest gate, also uh, set records for the most viewers in Elimination Chamber history. So tonight was a big night, um, but really it's a lot more than, than numbers. Um, Montreal showed once again, that it is one of the premier WWE cities in the world. Their love, passion, excitement for what we do is is truly second to none. And um, beyond that, for me, and, and this is something that I'm very passionate about, it was a very historic night. Um, this was about Carpentier. This was about Vachon. This was about the Rougeos. This was even about Kowalski, the people that made that passion for what we do over generations get us to where we are today. This was about the Hart family. This was about Brett. Um, and it was really um, about Pat Patterson. I could feel him up there. Uh, I could feel him up there in this moment in Montreal with tears in his eyes sitting there. It was something special that uh, he would have enjoyed. Really would have. It would. He would have said, "God damn it, that is the business. The people were going nuts. It was so ah, like right. I cannot stop crying." It would. Have, I mean, I'm just telling you. He would have been. He would have been. He would have been impressed. It was something special. Um, every match tonight delivered everything. I think the women's match was one of the, the greatest uh, women's elimination chambers I've ever seen. Um, the men's, a lot of breakout stars. Bronson Reed had a spectacular night. Johnny Gargano, spectacular night. Austin Theory, spectacular. Um, and, and, and everybody else that was in there, Damian Priest, right? Seth Rollins doing what he does which is better than just about anybody on this planet. And then, you know, a moment from Logan Paul, who I got to say was just seemingly just born to do this. Just everything he does is right um, on all levels. So amazing night. Um, and then, of course, Roman and Sammy, Jimmy, Jay, Heyman, just Kevin, um, icing on the cake. Just electric and something special. Can't say enough about them, and I really can't say enough about um, Sami Zayn. You know, just a really special performer that, you know, in, in some ways, not always, but in some ways reminds me so much of like a Mick Foley in that his 
connection to a crowd. One minute can make you laugh, the next minute you can have so much sympathy for him. He's just, he connects on such an emotional level that um, I think it's hard to put into words and it makes it something really special. Just an amazing, amazing performer. Can't say enough um, good stuff about that. And then of course, um, we're headed into the biggest WrestleMania that there's ever been. 42 days away, just six weeks, it's hard to believe, but here we are. Um, we'll be at SoFi Stadium two nights, and as special as tonight was, I can't wait to get there. It's going to be incredible. So I'll open it up to you, and um, we'll go from there. All right, we'll start off right here in the back. Great. Thank you. Keith Whittier with Ottawa Life Magazine. Hey, Keith. Originally, I was going to ask you in terms of how you, after all of these years, if, if, if you still take time to appreciate it, but you've already answered that, so, so thank you. But what I want to ask you is this. Being um, a great player doesn't always make you a great coach. Being a great performer doesn't always make you a great executive, but your transition has been seamless and has been excellent, and there's been nothing but rave reviews for that, and, and um, with uh, a lot of your creative that, that, that you're looking after now. What do you attribute that to in terms of being able to transition from being somebody who's, who's, who's on camera to somebody who's behind camera and still do it at that same excellent level that everyone's used to? Well, one, thank you for the kind words. I don't, I don't know that everybody agrees with you, <laughs> but um, you're never gonna make everybody happy. Um, man, I, I think it's the, the same things that make you great on the other side are the same things that made you great um, as a performer. And, and um, it's passion. And if there's ever anything that I felt like I had, and not to say that I was great, but if there's ever anything that I, I had, to me it was passion for this. You know, um, I never thought of it in any other way of just leaving everything you had out there every night. I see it in the, in the performers that are here. Um, from, from top to bottom, from Roman Reigns all the way down, just the passion that everybody has for this. And quite honestly, at this level, if you don't have that passion for it, you don't make it. Um, so I think that when you have that and it never goes away, I see guys sometimes lose it. I see them as being incredibly passionate for it at one point in time and then slowly over time it, it diminishes. It's never diminished for me. I feel like the same little kid uh, at five or six years old or whatever that was watching Chief J Strongbow for the first time and thinking this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know, all through growing up, you know, and then getting into the business and, and getting here and, and everything that I saw doing it and, and being a part of it, um, I still think to this day, when this is done well, it is the absolute greatest form of entertainment on the planet. People do not have the emotional connection to me, to almost anything else that they have for this when it is done well, for the WWE, when it is done well, for the storylines, when it is done well, for people to lose themselves in that moment, in that story, in, in, in what they are witnessing, in the roar of that crowd, and how much people just lose themselves in it. There was nobody thinking about anything else in that building tonight during that main event than what they were witnessing in front of them. You know, I don't know, there's nothing else like that in the world. Like even the biggest sports um, events in the world that I've been to, you know, you see, you see people drifting off, they're watching different things, they're on their phone texting, you know, um, it connects you and it, it, 
ebbs and flows, right? If we have a three and a half hour show and something is bad for five minutes, we never hear the end of it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. The passion that people have for this and that connection is like, it's, it's, it's like nothing else. If you ever want to convince somebody that WWE is where it's at, whether it's a, whether it's a business, whether it's a sponsor, whether it's anything, or whether just a friend of yours that you think like, I bet you they would like this if they gave it a shot. If you bring them to a live event, if, there's no way somebody wouldn't have left here tonight saying like, holy sh I have to come back to that. It's just, it's passion. In the back. Hi, Brandon Thurston, uh, WrestleNomics. I was Brandon. wondering your thoughts on a potential WWE sale. Is that something that you were in favor of before Vince made his return in January? And is that something you're in favor of now? Depends on, depends on who's buying, I suppose, what the offer is, what the outcome is. Um, I'd stay out of it to me. Um, and that's not, not a cop-out answer. I have the greatest gig in the world. I helped tonight in some small way create the magic we did here tonight. And to me... It's the best gig on the planet. As long as we get to do this, as long as we get to create it the way we get to create it, as long as we get to do our jobs and we get to, to go out there and put our passion on display, as long as our talent are allowed to put their passion on display and do what we do, I'm good. I'm good. It, it is what it is. And last question. Hi, Paul. Uh, Guillaume Lefrançois of La Presse. Uh, you from here? From here, yep. <laughs> um, I was just wondering, when you, when you get a, a wrestler who has a, re a reaction like Sammy had Friday night, and then you're back in the same building the next day with pretty much the same crowd, uh, to what extent does it change any creative plans for, for, for the next night, and you know, whether it's the time you allow it or, or the way you book it or, or whatnot? So it's interesting. I think for the average person or the average uh, performer, if they were there the, the night before, they get a huge reaction. And somewhere in my mind, I would expect like tomorrow will be good. Might not be quite what it was tonight because they haven't seen him for a long time. Tonight's the first night. Tomorrow's going to be sort of the second time, and a lot, of, maybe a lot of the same people, maybe not. But so it won't. If if it's the same, it'll be great. But if it's um, slightly less, really good. I don't know, for me tonight um, and last night, even just seeing the reaction that everything got, that Sammy got, I, I, I don't know, I had no doubt. I, I thought, man, as good as that was tonight, he is going to blow the roof off this place tomorrow. And when they see Roman, those very special chants they were doing are going to be deafening. Like, I don't know, it's a feel. Pat Patterson, and I brought him up before, obviously, but Pat used to always say it's, I can't sometimes can't articulate it. It's just a feel. This is what's going to happen, and I know it. It's a feel. I can't tell you why. It's just my gut, right? Go with your gut. It was a feel, man. Last night, I watched Sammy. I watched everything that happened, and I thought tomorrow will be. Tomorrow's going to destroy this. It's it's going to be at another level, and it was. It's just a feel, and um, you know when when. Again, to go back to the passion thing, when you have that passion for it and it's, it's, it's in your soul, it's not coming from here, it's coming from here. And when you have that and you just feel it, I don't know, I just felt it. I knew what it was going to be tonight. And, and uh, thankfully I was right. It, it just, um, 
Sammy blew the roof off this place. It was spectacular. Paul, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, look, you guys, I, I cover the business. I talk about stuff. I put it all over, but you came here for one reason. You came here for one reason only, and that's the man that's about to walk here out here right now. So please welcome Sammy Zayn. <laughs> Hello, salut. Our first question for Sammy. Hi, Sammy. Hi. James from Gorilla Position. Um, firstly, congratulations on tonight. One of the most incredible, most exhilarating main events I can remember seeing in my 35 plus years of following the product. So congratulations. Um, a simple question, really. How are you feeling now it's done? What are the emotions and how did tonight stack up with what you imagined it to be? And finally, is there any one person that you would thank uh, as it pertains to the, the rise of Sami Zayn in the last nine months? Um, that's sort of like a three for one. And I, I actually kind of want to apologize in advance because I'm feeling very strange. So I, I know some of these answers are not going to be, I don't know, maybe what you'd expect because I, I, I feel very strange in that I'm, I feel very strangely detached, which is, I know not what people want to hear. You want to hear like, wow, I just did this and I was awesome and I'm riding high. And I normally am, but I'm just feeling very uh, strange, strangely detached. And I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Like on a cognitive level, I know what we just did. Uh, I think I still do have to kind of see, see it back and see how it played. Uh, that's kind of one thing that a big lesson I've taken out of this storyline with the bloodline over the past nine, 10 months is uh, I'll feel good about something I've done, but I still got to see how it played, if that makes sense. I got to see how it, what, what were the angles? Did they get in tight? Did, did the emotion come through? All that kind of stuff. So I'll see how it played. So if you ask me these questions tomorrow, I might have very, very different answers for you, but I'm just, I, I feel strange. And that might be the recurring theme here of some of these answers. Uh, and I think another part of it might be just, um, you know, it was kind of an unhappy ending tonight. And I'd be lying if I said that doesn't affect me. Of course, it's unbelievable to, this is, this is a dream come true. But it's like a dream come true. Oh, I almost said something super inappropriate there. I'm so glad my filter kicked in. You ever have a dream, and I won't get too specific here, but it's like, it's going in a certain direction. <laughs> and then you wake up right before. Right. And uh, that's kind of what this was. It's like it was like a dream. It's a dream come true. It's it's surreal. It's it's. It's everything you could ever want. And the storybook ending obviously has a certain ending to it. And that's not what happened tonight. And I can't act like there's not a small part of me that's like, ah, I wish I could have given that ending to the people, to the story to myself, to my family, to my friends, whatever, to Montreal, for sure. So, like, I know I know what this is. We all know what this is. But some of the stuff's real, man, you know? Uh, 
and I don't know, you just kind of dream of that happy ending and so close, but no cigar. So maybe that's a small part of this strange feeling that I keep coming back to. I don't know. I, it's also, um, you know, looking out into the crowd after the three count, just seeing their faces, I was like, oh, this is not fun. They're hurt. They were so like deflated, but not in a like, ah, oh, storyline sort of deflated. It's just like, oh man. And you know, George St. Pierre was here tonight and I just met him for the first time, which a unbelievable guy, class act. But like, it's almost, it was almost kismet that he was here because I, I actually, Ariel Helwani's back there and I was speaking to him earlier. And like, for me, he, George St. Pierre, sorry if I'm going on a crazy tangent here, but this guy was to me the benchmark of a Montreal athlete that was belonged to the city, a product of the city, that the people rallied around like no other. I still don't know if there's a comparable, to be honest with you. And he was here tonight, and in a weird way, the, the vibe going into this week, it had this legitimate big fight, big city, big fights in town, our guys here, and they're chanting Sammy and Olay and F.U. Roman and the concourses before the show starts. And there's just a buzz. So it's almost like if GSP comes back to Montreal and loses, it's a bit of a downer, <laughs> you know, it, but even if the fight is great and that's what it was, it was a great fight. I'm, I'm on a cognitive level. I'm well aware that what we did was awesome. And again, if you ask me, I'm just giving you the most honest answer I could give you at this exact moment in time. It's kind of how I, how I operate. Um, even if it's not the best answer, but, um, I might feel very different if you ask me the exact same question tomorrow, once I've watched it back, once I've watched it play out. And I'm like, nah, that, what, what, what was wrong with me? They were on their feet beginning to end. We didn't even touch for five minutes and they were losing, maybe more. I don't even know. I got to time it too. So, um, man, like, yeah, of course that was magic. But at this exact moment, you caught me at a strange time because I feel strange. Hey, Sammy, Ryan Ryder, CGLO Radio in Montreal. Sorry, I forgot to answer the last part of your oh. question. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, you know, send me a message or something. We'll, we'll do it on other people's time here. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. That's all right. How you doing? Yeah, you know, like I said, strange. Yeah, uh, I've covered pretty much every WWE event in the last 20 years at the here at the Bell Center. Really special event tonight. Great show. Uh, disappointing finish, of course. Um, you, you've said that this is pretty much like your WrestleMania, Canada WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, two of the greatest WrestleManias that we've seen were WrestleMania 6 and WrestleMania 18 in Toronto. When will we see another WrestleMania in Canada? Funny enough, I did have this conversation with uh, Triple H yesterday, which is not a conversation we would normally have, but we somehow got on the topic. I think it comes down to a lot of business stuff that's way above my pay grade. But as far as the passion of the audience, I think the secret's out on Montreal now. You know, uh, the, the guys and girls that come here now, they know. There's a handful of cities that you know well ahead of time, like, ooh, you know, Santiago, Chile. I don't know if you're aware of that. It sounds like a punchline or something, but it's actually one of the best wrestling cities, best anything cities. They're unbelievable crowds. And I put Montreal right up there with, with, um, with that. And of course, I'm biased and I get a little extra love and all that stuff. But every, every performer now, every performer knows it, feels it. They know what's going to happen. They know the crowd's going to rule. They know the passion's uh, unmatched. And now, you know, I think the whole world knows it because they see it on TV. 
after the, you know, I'm suddenly starting to feel a little better now that I'm talking about it. Um, they see what we just did out there. They see these fans standing on their feet for 10 minutes and like, damn, Montreal crowd, man, Montreal. So the word's out. I don't think it's a matter of, uh, of the, of, and, and can I say once again, somewhat biased, but world-class city in virtually every metric, uh, maybe not the Olympic stadium, which may be a factor again in the whole WrestleMania decision, but I think it comes down to business stuff that's above my pay grade, but I think it has nothing to do, nothing to do with the passion. Cause I think if you're picking a city on strictly passion, Montreal has to be a top three contender has to be no question in my mind. Two questions left. We'll go here in the third row. Sorry. I'm so wordy guys. And uh, not everyone's going to get to ask. I apologize. It's not a problem. Uh, hi, Sammy. It's hi. David Hillhouse from Slam Wrestling. Um, congratulations on the evening. And, Starting and to feel say better, that, so thank you. Understanding the weird feeling, just Starting congratulations nonetheless. Bit. I was wondering if you could walk us back to when you started to see or, or possibly see the stars aligning for tonight with the success you were finding in the bloodline and then this appearing on the calendar. Was there a point when you started to dream about it or do you try to keep that at arm's length? No, there was actually a very specific point, And ironically enough, it was here in Montreal. Because um, I don't know how many of you are bloodline story historians here remember every little beat of the story. But uh, for the first couple of months, Roman and I did not appear on screen together. Um, and the stars aligned just right in Montreal in August, I want to say the 19th, when SmackDown came here. Usos weren't here. Heyman wasn't here. Some storyline stuff like the stars just had to align just right. And finally, Sami Zayn gets in the locker room with Roman Reigns and there's an immediate chemistry and he immediately acts in a way that you don't expect him to act. He has a vested interest. He kind of gets a kick out of me. It's not what you expect. It's part of the beauty of Roman Reigns character is he always somehow gives you something you don't quite expect. You think he's going to act one way, he acts the other. But there was a, an immediate on-screen chemistry, and because it was in Montreal, I think that amplified the reaction to everything. And uh, from there, we were off to the races. In fact, there was a week or two right before that where I was almost like, man, I don't know if this bloodline thing is going to pan out because it needs this moment to really take the, uh, the story in the direction that I felt it, it could go. Um, and Montreal was definitely the turning point. If you go back and watch it all, that's that's a very specific turning point. Last question. Hi, Sammy. Joel Pearl with Fightful.com. Uh, first of all, hopefully no parking tickets this time uh, in Montreal. And we talked about uh, New York. Yeah, because I didn't yeah. know what day of the week it is. That uh, was, yeah. Friday, Monday. I'm on all these TVs. I, I got a parking anyway. ticket. We'll move on. Uh, let's go back, actually, to last night with uh, Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, you had the, the last segment of the night. God, that was last night. You had so much to say, but also the crowd had a lot more to say. Uh, was there anything that you were trying to get out to the crowd that was different than what actually came out of your mouth? Because there was certainly uh, a very passionate promo, something that we don't normally see in the WWE universe so I'm just I'm curious about that promo how it came together and what what got you to that point um well look I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to say but then you also have to assess the situation you're in and uh adapt so they were giving me a lot and I'm not about to stop them if they're doing that right uh because that would be a strange choice as a performer hey you're screaming a lot well I'm just Let's hit pause on that. So I obviously, you know, we had to roll with it. And uh, I think it created a very special, very memorable uh, reaction, memorable segment. But I think, you know, I think, again, I don't want to drone on and on about the bloodline storyline. But again, what a magical thing 
to have so many memorable segments. And I've said this in other interviews, but we're in the era of content. And not just with WWE, but in everything. And you got a cell phone in your hand that has access to every piece of information ever in the palm of your hand. It's insane. Um, so what I think is harder than doing something good now, because we also have unbelievable talent now. Everybody's pretty good. It, it, you know, like the bar has been raised. Being good is not good enough anymore. The harder thing to do in the age of content is to do something memorable. Something that people are going to remember, never mind in a week or two. That's hard enough sometimes on its own. But now I think with this bloodline thing, if I may be so bold as to toot my own horn and our own horn for everybody in front of the camera, behind the camera, and the performers who are executing this, I think we've walked away from this story and it's not even done with so many memorable segments, TV segments, that people will remember five, ten years down the road. Uh, and I think, I hope that Montreal ovation is one of those because it's not every day you see a performer just stand in the ring for I think somebody timed it. It was like five minutes and 22 seconds or something. And it was actually, uh, there's a Quebec historian in here somewhere called Pat Laprade. And he actually, he's a Quebec guy in the history of the bell center. It's the longest ovation in the history of this building, uninterrupted ovation. So that's pretty special. I think people will remember that. Uh, kind of forget your question, but yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, I had to, uh, kind of adapt on the fly. There was more I wanted to say. Part of it was things I wanted to say to the city. Part of it was things to advance the storyline. Part of it was, you know, touching on what I did with Cody and acknowledging the self-doubt that I showed on raw a few, few days prior. But when you're standing surrounded by that, it's kind of like, yeah, let's just, let's just punch them with the good stuff here and take the love that they're giving, which I very much appreciate. Thank you. Well, Sammy, I think we would all say that you delivered an incredibly memorable performance. It's starting to feel pretty good, actually. Yeah, it feels all right, right? <laughs> yeah. That was good, eh? Pretty good night? Yeah. Wins, losses, you know, they come and go, whatever. But no, in all, in all sincerity, again, that I, I am aware that was special, and it's sinking in more just as I'm talking to you guys. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be a part of that, and, and thank you for being here today. And sorry about the long-winded answers. Thank you, Byron. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, guys. And thank you to all of our guests here tonight. Thank you to our media. Thank you to all of you joining us in the WWE Universe. This has been the Elimination Chamber press conference, and we wish you a good night here from Montreal. <laughs>